0: My best friend's in a gun rack. Motherfuckers, welcome to another episode of Low Life Motherfucking Chop Podcast.
1: <laughs> what is up, you low lowlifes? Welcome to your motherfucking Friday. I like we got a new accent. I feel like there's been a show being watched that this is from. Were you the one that told that me about make- that cowboy show
0: on Netflix? Oh yeah, cowboy up or some shit. <laughs> yeah. I, can go with it. I know what you're saying.
1: Dale something. I can't remember the guy's name. It, it was supposed to be like <laughs> Joe Exotic. It was, it was not quite like that. It wasn't as catchy as Joe Exotic. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. That's, a, <laughs> that's too tough to reach. But we got a good show for you guys tonight. We're going to be catching you up on some updates, things that are going on in our lives. Uh, prep for Cheap Thrills. And a whole bunch of other good shit. But before we get into that, let's kick this thing off the way we always do.
0: With those motherfucking sponsors.
1: Love it. First up, we've got the homie Chicken Rick, the man behind ShopShit.com. If you haven't checked it out, he's got hand-picked parts from builders across the world. Also the home of the lowlife merch. So if you want to grab yourself a shirt or a sticker, that is the place to do it. He has got all these stickers, pins, patches, hoodies, and chopper goodies that you could possibly need. We haven't done that part of the ad route in a long time. So make sure you swing over to chopshit.com or hit him up on Instagram at chickenfrychoppers next up we got chopcult.com lisa is holding it down over there this is the hub the place you need to swing on over to make yourself an account make a build thread scroll through the classifieds or list your chopper treasures in the classifieds and add yourself to the deck so people can find you when they're figuring out who's riding around in their area. Next up, we got Broadway Customs out there in Colorado doing some incredible fabrication work. Industrial, automotive, commercial, CNC plasma cutting, and 3D printing. These guys do a little bit of everything. 3D printing, the points covers, and 3D printing a carbon fiber brake handle. Brake lever, not handle. Carbon fiber, brake lever. Yeah, I didn't even know, like, technology was at this point. So they're doing some really cool stuff.
0: I also did not know.
1: Yeah, pretty fucking wild.
0: I mean, I can even do Zoom work, so probably not that, uh, you know.
1: We do struggle with (laughs) just these small pieces of technology we use. Uh, And make sure you're following Broadway Customs on Instagram. Next up, we got Lowbrow Customs. Everything you need for the road ahead since 2004. Tyler is a great dude. Go back and listen to our Milwaukee murderer episode with him talking about racing at the salt flats, starting lowbrow um, and why it's so important for him to sponsor these events all across the country as he does. So follow lowbrow customs on Instagram. And next time you need literally any part, find it on lowbrowcustoms.com. Next up, we got Paco, 52 years in the motherfucking game. These guys have a little bit of everything over there. They've got frames, front ends, handlebars, headlights, transmission components, exhaust pipes, and a whole lot more. So next time you need some parts for your American motorcycle, get it from Paco.com or hit them up on Instagram at Paco Parts.
0: Hey, they sell Jap shit. No, they don't. And depends- they oh, okay. th- my bad. I was thinking of low rap for some reason. <laughs> oh, they were, they were up earlier. I could understand that. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, up next, we got the homie West at Custom Destruction making the dopest motherfucking helmets in the game for the same price as a stock lid. You get to pick the shell color, the interior color. Well, what do you call that? How do I do this every week? The... Hmm. Liner. Whatever. Yeah, the, the liner. You get to pick whatever pattern you want on that. The trim package. Um, hands down the dopest fucking helmet on the market. So get your custom destruction. Get the only motherfucking helmet that makes the ugliest motherfuckers look sexy. I had too many motherfuckers in that one.
1: There was a bunch, but hey, listen. Yeah, I'm not
0: I'm not on my A game tonight.
1: <laughs> this is uh <laughs> We're recording on Monday, so, you know, we're just shaking off the cobwebs, guys. All right, so let me go ahead and get this thing queued up right now while we're talking because, as we mentioned last week when we had Bob on here, this is our giveaway week. So we'll go ahead and queue this up before I do the whole speech. And you people listening on Friday are going to be like, well, I'm hearing the fucking speech right now. There's nothing I could do about it. We got to do fucking, we got too much technology, okay? We're going live as I speak. Oh, and I'm going to have to use the reverse camera because I ruined my other camera,
0: as you guys know. I thought you were going to say reverse cowgirl for some reason.
1: Listen, it gets fucking crazy out here. (laughs)
0: kinky boy
1: (laughs) that'll (laughs) live in the fucking episode (laughs) oh good times so yeah, so i can only use what's up everybody welcome to the motherfucking giveaway i can only use the, the the camera that faces toward me because apparently actually here's this guy tater who's the one who figured it out Apparently, if you put, I, I swear to God, I used this exact same phone on the XS, which shook a thousand times more than my current bike does. But I found out that if you don't use a certain, like, vibration-isolating mount, that it just fucks up. And
0: your yeah, paint- it's an iPhone thing for sure.
1: Yeah, it's just permanently fucked. <laughs> um, actually, No Luck Paintworks just joined. Dan, I think it was somebody that was saying that, that you might have got your camera fixed and it doesn't stay fucked up. So that would be super cool if that's the case. I vibrated my front camera to death. Let's find out real quick. Does this shake? Oh, yeah. See that thing shaking like a motherfucker?
0: Does it look sick?
1: Uh, you know what? It kind of almost feels like it doesn't have the same problem with Instagram, which would be sweet. Oh, we got a good picture of Loctite's uh, Zoom handle here. It says "fuck Zoom." <laughs> Struggling. All right, so here's the deal, guys. We are about to do this giveaway in Loctite. You want to tell the people what the lucky winner is going
0: home with? Um, hold on, give me one second. here. Yeah.
1: do we think? Um, shakes more than I, I had to get
0: on the live so I could see what was going on. Um, Okay, so uh, this month's giveaway is a bead rolled sign from Troy Fab. It is uh, the iconic V8 symbol with the flames in the background. The thing is super, super dope. There's a picture of it on uh, Low Life Sour Podcast on Instagram. And you better be following Troy Fab because we're about to find the fuck out.
1: That's it. So you're going to get you ready to search. I'm going to flip this thing around here. So here's the deal, guys. We've got everybody over here. Don't look at those emails. We just look at those names. Boop, 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 boop. Here they all are. All right. So oh, it doesn't
0: even shake on Instagram there.
1: Yeah. Dude, isn't that fucking weird? How? Oh, it's starting to shake a little. What if I try to look at something in the distance? It's fucking perfect on Instagram. Oh, nope. Never mind. This is the panic moment.
0: like,
1: oh shit what's happening (laughs) fucking ben daly says i was kind of hoping the giveaway was going to be a sealed beam fucking headlights man (laughs) we ain't got that kind of money (laughs) so here's the deal we are going to go to our favorite random number generator this ain't the winner don't get excited Here's the deal. 2 to 42. It's not sealed beams, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it. So the winner of this custom V8 bead rolled sign made by Troy Fab is number 27. Number 27 is... Andrew motherfucking Feeney.
0: Oh, shit.
1: Now we should be able, I think it's a Feeney. 26. I want to say. So can you pull it up, Loctite and see if he is indeed following Troy fab? Cause you guys know only one condition is that you be following the person that we're promoting with this. So if, Andrew Feeney is following Troy Fab.
0: This is Andrew Feeney, the one I did his tank? Yep. Andrew Feeney617? Yeah. He is following Troy Fab.
1: Oh, shit. Well, congratulations, Andrew Feeney. You are the motherfucking winner. Uh, reach out to Troy Fab. Let him, or we, I don't even know how we're doing at this point.
0: I have the sign in hand.
1: Oh, okay, perfect. So Andrew, reach out to Loctite then, and also shoot a message to Troy Fab, just to uh, say thank you because donated this fantastic sign. Unfortunately, Queen Kells says, "Show us the pups." The pups. I don't understand. It's pretty. Take a look around here. Hang on. Let me let me spin the old camera. Pretty comfortable down here. Nice rug for them to lay on. Nice. Whole rest of this couch. This is the new studio situation going on. The pups. No dogs
0: allowed. <laughs>
1: they won't fucking come down here. I don't know what it is. They used to come down here all the time. I actually can't get them to come down. He'll come like That's to the, they, the
0: stairs. They know Locks his business. <laughs>
1: yeah. They're like, I fucking smell the remnants of JMO and bad decisions <laughs> down in this basement. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere near that thing yeah they yeah they live they live decent lives but they're fucking snobby little motherfuckers about hanging out in the studio so that's it i even put this fucking thing down here check this bad boy out this fucking carbon what is it, co2 detector because i was like maybe they won't come down here because i'm gonna die down here because of like the boiler being hooked up wrong
0: uh, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> yeah. I was I was actually starting to think like what other reason could there be that like fire maybe fire they're fire trying fire. to tell
0: me something.
1: Yeah, they're like, You're <laughs> gonna die down here, Dad. But didn't beep yet, so fingers crossed. But we'll shut down this live feed for now. Um they say low life carbon monoxide poisoning podcast, and this is absolutely true. You gotta make sure you remind the people. Starting their bikes doing burnouts in garages, you're gonna fucking pass out any minute, bud. (laughs) It's a short life ahead. Uh well listen, we will catch up with you guys on Friday on the way to the motherfucking cheap thrills. Enjoy your trips and yeah, good or not, good luck. Congratulations to Andrew Just say
0: see you later, bitches.
1: (laughs) See you later, bitches. Let's fucking get back to this episode. All right. We made it. It's always tough to decide what you're going to use for the thumbnail.
0: Yeah, fuck it. (laughs) Just click the most random one. That's what I do. Even if it's fuzzy, I'm like, send it.
1: We got this one that says fuck Zoom. Money. All right, caption this one, winner of giveaway for September. All right, we're ready to rock and roll.
0: Those motherfucking shout outs?
1: Let's do it. Roll into those shout outs
0: uh up first i seen him fucking comment in the live feed motherfucking easy co i guess that wouldn't be him but i know it was john so whatever the motherfucking easy shout out to them for continuing to roll out dope ass content on youtube um make sure you go follow the easy co on i guess you would subscribe not follow follow easy Co. oh god damn it got him uh, subscribe, like, and subscribe, as John said, uh, to the Easy Co on YouTube. Fucking hilarious. And uh, maybe you'll learn some shit.
1: Those videos are hysterical.
0: They're so goddamn funny.
1: They got the YouTube thing down to a science. And whoever does the editing does a great job.
0: Amazing job. Um, I got another one. Do it. Huge shout out to motherfucking Jerry for coming up with the motorcycle art extravaganza. Um, listen, man, the fucking people in this, uh, art display, fucking mind blowing. These sissy bars, like no joke could be in an art gallery. They are fucking ridiculous. The talent that is behind these sissy bars, um, not including mine, are is mind-blowing. Make sure you get down to Cheap Thrills. Check it out. Make sure you follow Motorcycle Art Extravaganza. This is going to be not a one-time thing. It's going to be bigger and better every goddamn year. Um, get over there. Follow that page. Check out the fucking sissy bars and come down to Cheap Thrills this motherfucking weekend and hang with your boys. Yes, sir.
1: Let's see. I should have been pulling one up while that was going on. Shout out to Evo Jesus for
0: For killing all the deer,
1: killing all the deer. Yeah. He was, uh, (laughs) we were talking, I just hit him up. I hit him up the same way I hit you up Loctite. Every time I have a question, I'm like, let me send this to my hunting buddies here and see what everybody's, got to say on the topic and we were talking a little bit about some of the same stuff you and i talked about about stalking on foot how to how to plan out where you're gonna go what time of day stuff like that so shout out to him for always having good tips and good processing tips too he was talking about machines for grinding them up and like little shit like that Yeah, so, i can figure out but uh it's good to have buddies that have done it before. Otherwise, I don't know how you would, how you would ever put
0: all this shit together. Listen, do yourself a favor. Actually, just remind me of the butchering thing when we get into the show.
1: Okay. We definitely should talk. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it full scale. Yeah, Welcome yeah. to the Low Life Hunting Podcast. By the way, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, it is now officially hunting season here in New Hampshire. Some people have an October 1st opener. We have a September 15th opener. So
0: you can yeah. Home so home fuck your park. mother.
1: That's right. <laughs> fuck your states too. Come to New Hampshire. All right. Who else? In
0: um, huge. I don't even remember now. God damn it. Dude. Um, fuck. I don't remember. Listen, I'm just going to use this time for <laughs> shameless plug. Listen, the shovelhead raffle is still going down. Right now, um, I just started today. If you go over to the Loctite Shop Shop page, click on the post. I'm giving away a free spot. Literally, all you have to do is go to the post and tag five homies. That's it. I asked that none of my local homies get involved, just like I told them not to get involved in the raffle itself. I don't want anybody thinking some shit. So, sorry for those dudes. But, I mean, feel free to tag your friends, but you ain't going to win shit. <laughs> 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 and I uh, appreciate everybody That's been sharing the fuck out of uh, The raffle, I super appreciate it um, Super close man It's it's like a bittersweet thing I'm hoping that the rest of this raffle Goes by fast So I can go buy my tow truck And start my towing company um, But then it's also like It sucks to say goodbye to the shellhead. So it's like, you know what I mean It's a bittersweet thing but Um, I've said it a hundred times. It's that this is going to put me on the right path to be able to build sicker bikes in the future.
1: This is true, man. God, the fucking dog keeps whining from upstairs. Jesus. All right. Next up, shout out to.
0: This Shout antique to- anvil on fucking marketplace for 200 bucks.
1: Oh, damn. What well, poundage.
0: That's a good fucking deal, dude.
1: Shout out to two people here. Chase Breeding for being the homie to send it my way. And hard to. So he heard us. Remember, we were talking with Bob about the cast axle plates. Yep. That Like have the tubes where you would slide the, the tubes right into them. So Chase Breeding found the guy. His name is John Grant. His Instagram handle. Wow, he actually got this Instagram handle is Hardtail Choppers. All one word. Hmm. Early to the game. So uh hardtailchoppers.com is his website, and he's the one that sells cast necks and cast axle plates. So apparently i trying to see if he's got any listed on the website right now. So for a set, so they're well, they're definitely up there, but they're also, it's got like all the tabs and the stuff that I bet it looks like it would take, like your stock breaks. Um, set of axle plates. Oh, he's only got the stainless ones. Oh no, regular steel is 275. So they're pricey plates, but they are... Super fucking cool. And it really would look like a, a stock fucking rigid frame with these things on there. And he's got the cast next. He's got kicker pedals, motor mounts, all kinds of shit. All with cool designs and cast. He's got a kicker pedal that looks like <laughs> the fucking grip on the Milwaukee grinder. What the fuck? Yeah, you know like how like a, a grinder has like the little handle that comes off the side of it? Oh, yeah. It's a yeah, fucking it's a cast stainless version of that with the Milwaukee logo in the middle.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Fucking wild. So check out hardtailchoppers.com. Easy name to remember. Um yeah, I might have to hit him up about some axle plates. Who else we got here? Let's see. Shout out to Matt Rez, a.k.a. M. Oh, I don't know how to say it. It's it's, it's like M.A. Perlez, Rez on his, uh, his Instagram. I don't know how to pronounce the handle, but good dude helping me out with... Uh, all my questions about he's a, he's a knowledgeable guy about diabetes. I think his dad's diabetic and he's been giving me all the good info on how to manage it naturally. So I appreciate it. Let's see. We got lunatic Yankee. 79 says plus one on the 2% lanthanated blue tungsten that we talked about last week. We've been using that exclusively at our shop. Fucking glad to hear it, man. That is the best kind. It's definitely the move. Oh, we got another one. That's more helmets. That's more welding helmets. Another one. Got deep into that, so we won't do that one for right now. Um, I think that's all I got for right now. Oh, actually, shout out to motherfucking... motherfucking Terry... Down from dirty fields. <laughs> Haven't gotten to do a Terry shout out in a while. I hope he's still listening to the podcast. Um, he might be getting in the archery game. He's looking to go the compound route.
0: and Like God intended.
1: <laughs> God was a compound guy. Yeah, apparently. Who knew? And God said, let there be compounds in peep sites or whatever you call them. So... He's looking to get in the compound game. I told him he was asking for recommendations. I sent him that same one I sent you, like that bear cruiser G2, but it was a long time since I think, I don't know who pointed me in that, in the, the direction of that one. So if there's a better entry level compound bow, I want to put this out to all the listeners because most of you guys are compound guys hit up fucking Terry at Dave underscore senior. Or well Dave underscore <laughs> S R underscore Santa and let him know what you recommend because I'm not really the guy to ask, but I know we must know people who know.
0: Hmm. Hmm.
1: It's just like Tig Welders, you gotta struggle not to recommend the most expensive thing in the world.
0: Sixteen hundred bucks.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> this is the problem. <laughs> You want a decent compound? A thousand bucks. You want the one I recommend? 1600. Yep. You're like, sick. Maybe I'll just get into something else.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I have anything else out of those.
1: uh, Shout out to my neighbor across the street, Nick Leonard. Got a fresh order. We were actually on, right about to start this call when he called. Got a fresh order of stainless. And we're going to be whipping up some new handlebars for him on the Suzuki Boulevard. So that thing is going to be fucking styling. And should be fun making a set. I've actually not made – well, unless you count the excess that I modified. But I've never, like, made a set of bars Um from the ground up there. So it'd be a fun project. He's got a, a pretty wild idea in mind. So we will certainly be putting the fab skills to the test. And I think that's all we got here. Um, yeah, that'll do for now. Perfect. All right. So I think we are ready to jump in to the body of the episode here. So we'll give some updates first up, because we're going we're gonna to get into Loctite's plans here. So let me just go ahead and do this part of it. Um, we've got cheap thrills coming up. By the time you're hearing this, it'll be, you'll probably be rolling to it. People are heading down on Friday, right?
0: I'm leaving Thursday night. It starts like 10 a.m.
1: Yeah. So by the time (laughs) you're hearing this podcast, you're probably rolling down to cheap thrills. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it this year. I got the call. We're recording this on a Monday. I got the call today from our vet that our little Akita, the one that's always trying to eat Loctite, got heartworm, which is miraculous. I don't know how that happened because it's like, she's been taking heartworm medication since the day we fucking got her. She does not spend a ton of time outdoors, but the, she's got to get her treatment and then we have to keep the dogs separated at all times. So,
0: maybe that's why she's fucking hostile.
1: Yeah. Maybe she's like fucking God damn it. Last thing I need is company while I have this condition.
0: <laughs>
1: it's fucking people. I don't know.
0: Uh, Maybe you should change her. her name from Sweetie to Karen <laughs>
1: <laughs> She's just so ornery with people I don't know what it is And then the guy at my work was like Oh you got an Akita? Yeah my wife Had an Akita, and it bit two people And I'm like well that's not my fucking Akita, okay? Nikita didn't bite Anybody yet
0: <laughs>
1: But give her time No we'll see but point uh-huh. in, We can't leave And if my wife wants to be able to leave the house at all, uh, I need to be able to be around because the two dogs can't be left alone. So unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it to Cheap Thrills. I'm super bummed because I had plans to roll down there with Rhino and Fish Tank, and they were both bringing the fucking mini bikes for it. It was going to be a whole thing. So unfortunately, I won't be able to make it. But Loctite, you want to give the people your plans in case anybody's trying to Either meet up with you on the way
0: down, or catch you once you get there. Hell no, I, I meet with none of your bitch asses. <laughs> <laughs> um, <sighs> first update. It's Monday. I'm tired as fuck. Um, so I didn't even know when I was leaving until today. <laughs> um, I'm thinking it's gonna be Thursday night. Which kind of sucks. I'm to be fucking super tired. Um, yeah, but I'm then leaving Thursday night. That way I'm already there for Friday morning. Um, I'm vending Friday and Saturday, I believe. Uh, with Jerry, we're splitting the booth. So make sure you come see us and buy some shit, you motherfuckers. Um, yeah, so I'm rolling down to Jerry's Thursday night. Going to party with him. And then Friday night, go get all set up. I don't really have, like, details on, like, rolling down because, like, I'm not going with anybody, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. I just like to, like, do my own thing. I don't like, like, locking it in and, like, having a ride with people and, like, they got to stop because they pee every five minutes. And, like, I don't stop. When I go to Jerry's, it's just one continuous trip. There's no stopping. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I get fuel, like, 20 minutes from his house.
1: And then you just roll it all the way down there. You, got, you, I can make it all the way down there, will you,
0: dude? When I went down um, for North Carolina, mm-hmm. I made it from my house to Jerry's house on three quarters of a tank of gas.
1: Damn, that's a big fucking
0: tank of gas, huh? In my fucking V eight, bruh, in the six <laughs> oh. Jesus,
1: you say six zero?
0: Yeah, it's a six zero.
1: It's a six zero. Jesus Christ,
0: the big old six slow.
1: Yeah, six zero. You must get like fucking ten miles to the gallon in that thing.
0: Dude, it's an LS bump. get twenty five miles a gallon.
1: That's remarkable. How's that possible? Yeah.
0: I mean, it's probably not twenty five miles a gallon. It's fucking straight pipe, fucking with glass packs on it. So, and it's a twenty five hundred pickup truck.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: But, I mean, the motor itself.
1: (laughs) The motor's solid as fuck, though.
0: (laughs) That's, like, the big thing with, like, when people do the LS swaps and, like, the cars and shit. They're, like, make up to 500 horsepower and still get 25 miles a gallon.
1: (laughs) This is like the the Honda Civic with 1,000 horsepower that Maddie loves so much.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) You gotta love it, man. (laughs) Are you gonna leave? Are you gonna pick a time and leave on time, or are you just gonna nah. leave when it feels right?
0: I'm yeah, just like when it, whatever happens happens. I'm like, I still gotta find someone to help me get the fucking head in the back of the truck, and I'm trying to bring that that way people can see it and like check it out, hear it, blah blah blah, and I'll have something to rip around Jersey on. Um, so I'm bringing that. In hopes to fucking hopefully just sell out the rest of the raffle tickets and uh, but most of the day I'll pretty much just be at, Are we getting into this part of it yet? Which part about like what's going down at the show? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think it's the first i
0: going too part? fast. Oh, okay,
1: no.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So most of the weekend, um, well, during the day, the daylight hours. Uh, me and Jerry will be set up. Um, pretty sure he's slinging a bunch of merch and shit. And then I'm bringing some shit. I've been pinstriping. Um, I'll be pinstriping there as well. I think we're where like, I think we're near like. I don't even know. I'm gonna have to ask Jerry. Is somebody gonna say it. I'll let you know. I'll put a post out Friday morning. And let motherfuckers know where we're set up. Um, but uh, may do some pinstriping live where we're set up. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that yet. I guess it would depend on the situation. Um, So I think Jerry said it's like near a dirt parking lot. So it will be like dust and shit. So we'll see what happens. It's to be, uh, to to be determined. Um, But I am making a couple appointments to do bikes. um, And I'll be pinstriping those around the pool um, during the chopper show Saturday night. So, I maybe even Friday night too. I'm not sure yet. Um, so if you want anything done, it doesn't have to be a bike. I can do pretty much fucking whatever. Do you have something you want? pinstriped? Uh, just let me know and we'll fucking figure it out. Um, I I've heard a bunch of the homies are fucking bringing mini bikes to race in this fucking flat out Saturday. <laughs>
1: yeah. I heard about this too, man.
0: Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. I'm sure we're going to be fucking kicking it over there. Um, There is a huge fucking swap meet. So that's going to be super dope. Um, I think... I don't remember what the fuck it is. I think it's Friday night. There's like a van show. Um, There's bands playing. I think Saturday is a swap meet in the Sportster show. And then I think Saturday night is the chopper show around the pool. Um, Don't quote me on this. I... I'm a big old fucking redone, but i'm pretty sure that's what shits going down um as well as uh the motorcycle art extravaganza that i'm pretty sure it's got I should have like did some homework, but I think that's around the same area um as the chopper show on Saturday. I think there's like an area right there that Jerry's saying he's setting everything up.
1: yes, I believe
0: so maybe we should have called one of these guys um. Either way, I guess you're just gonna have to go to cheap thrills and like find out what really goes down or wait until next week for me to tell you because <laughs> that's it. I'm just making shit up, I think.
1: <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like everybody, by the time you hear this, you're either on your way there <laughs> or you're not. So,
0: I mean, who knows? Some people come Saturday.
1: That's true. Fucking come Saturday. If you were gonna come, come. It's gonna be awesome for sure. The just the chopper show around the pool and the way that the whole event is structured, that they've got a couple of blocks like all mapped out for this. It's definitely gonna be an experience. Not Yeah,
0: it's gonna be dope. All of the homies are gonna be down there. Um well I don't wanna say all, but I think there's only well now with Greece, three people that I know that won't be there. Everybody else is gonna be down there. Um it's gonna be dope as fuck. Definitely come out, definitely come say what up and uh come fucking support what dusty and the crew are doing um if anybody has been to cheap throws before which was prior usually in february super dope fucking show super dope swap meet the prices are always super legit like to the point where i didn't haggle anybody at the swap meet last year not last year they didn't have it last year right right the year before yeah i didn't haggle anybody all the prices were solid for some reason, these dudes down in Jersey, just they play it fair. You know what I mean? Nobody's trying to fucking get rich. Um, it's dope. It'll be worth it just for the parts. Without the bands, without the fucking mini bikes, uh, without the vans, without the chopper show, without the fucking motorcycle artist extravaganza. Just the swap meet part of it is worth the drive.
1: Yeah, the swap meet is big, man. It's definitely well attended, lots of parts, whole bikes, frames, um, (laughs) transmission components, (laughs) transmission components. You can fucking get some. It was definitely
0: I can assure you there'll be ratchet tops there. Boom. Now you got to come.
1: That's right. Yeah. We talked about how these things are going through the fucking roof. people want fucking crazy money for rat stops
0: these days that's yeah, stupid it's absolutely stupid it's because fucking all the fucking cons bottom up and they're like i'm gonna make so much money off these in a year <laughs> fucking cunts we've got a couple of people like that in our area i won't say their names but,
1: but you, you know how I- you
0: are Yeah, you know who you are. Shout out to you for being a fucking cock-munching scumbag. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you how I really feel on a Monday when I'm tired as fuck.
1: (laughs) Seriously.
0: Fucking cunts.
1: You gotta let these motherfucking people know.
0: Yeah, that's it. (laughs) So, yeah, anyways, Cheap Throw is gonna be a fucking blast. Um, Make sure you fucking get there. Um, I even know one dude that is saying he's talking about coming to cheap throws Friday and then banging out first thing Sunday morning – I mean Saturday morning to go to glory days. That's commitment, dude.
1: That's fucking crazy. Yeah, that, that's some yeah, serious – Yeah, that's stuff. commitment,
0: dude. That's what I like to hear. Who's this? I don't want to put it out in case he doesn't do it.
1: <laughs> True. Fair enough.
0: I'll tell you after. <laughs>
1: yeah, we don't we don't want to lock him in.
0: <laughs> yeah. um, Yeah, but – I don't know. It's whatever. Come fucking hang out. Dusty's a wicked good dude, and uh, you're a fucking bitch-ass if you're not supporting what he's doing. Simple as that. Jersey's always a blast. No matter what you're doing in Jersey, it's always fun. So come hang the fuck out and support what Dusty and the crew are trying to do. Damn, that should have been my fucking closing.
1: Seriously. We're just running <laughs>
0: back. That's right. I'll just talk that shit in the closing. Anyways, <laughs> um... Do you have anything else to add about Cheap Throws?
1: Like you said, we actually had the um,
0: – we
1: had Dusty, and I'm, I'm sure I'm blanking on the other name.
0: Who won our giveaway?
1: Which giveaway?
0: For the Cheap Throws thing.
1: Oh, dude, that's that was like weeks ago. I'm not going to remember. I know. That.
0: I don't remember who it was. I was like, fuck, I should hit this dude up and be like, yo, come hang out.
1: <laughs> I want to say – no, I'm just, I I would just be guessing. I don't want to put anybody's
0: name out there. It was and so I, long ago. It was before Deadbeat.
1: Yeah, it was. I can't, I can't say that I recall. And like I said, I don't want to say the wrong person. Then people are like, oh, why didn't that person show up? I heard you won a free ticket. And they're like, yeah, because I fucking didn't.
0: <laughs> oh, fuck. We're going to have to figure out who that was. And so I can reach out to him and see what's up.
1: Yeah. How we- do I
0: figure that out?
1: <laughs> dusty came on to talk about the event so if you were curious and you wanted to hear about it right away go back and check out the episode um a couple months ago where he talked about what the event was going to entail and all that good shit and then listen in next week to hear the recap of what actually went down is that in the show notes you think yeah if you type, if you just type cheap thrills into uh if you can fill fill this space for a minute for me while I look it up, maybe I can the
0: okay. episode. Um, I want to give a huge shout out to the homie Brandon Longdong Schlong. Um He is starting a new motherfucking build for the People's Champ submission. Um, share it tag people's champ let's get another fucking northeast dude in the people's champ Um, super fucking talented I've heard a little bit of little bits of stuff Um, I've started to see the progress this thing is going to be fucking sick Um, he's definitely going to watch in this contest if he gets in hopefully he does and uh, yeah go follow him go support him and fucking hashtag people's champ on everything (laughs) Um let's see Camaro update. Let's do a fucking Camaro update. <laughs> so my shitbox Camaro. Um finally it is running. The computer's been flashed. Um listen, this thing is a motherfucking animal. Raped ape status. Scare you, make you piss your motherfucking pants fast. Um I haven't even got to drive this thing really. It's just been like a couple fucking parking lot launches sketchy as fuck um <clears throat> still need to bring it to a dyno and get like a legit tune put into it um the cam is just so big in that fucking thing that it needs i'm thinking it needs a lot more timing um it's just not running the best right now it's fouling out plugs and it's fuel injected so that's like usually shouldn't be fucking happening. um so i think i need to throw more time more air at it so pretty much all I'm waiting for, on that is to book a dino appointment. Let me tell you right now, if you're trying to fucking book a dino, goddamn, these motherfuckers don't even answer the phone. I called like seven dinos in New Hampshire, and it just goes straight to voicemail. It says, leave us an email. Sick. Fucking appreciate you running a business like a cocksucker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck does that, dude? Like you can't even leave a voicemail. Literally, the answer machine says, send us an email. Fucking dickheads. And that, that, that's like a trending thing in the dyno community, apparently, because that's what every company does. Um, so trying to book an appointment for that right now. Um, and then after that, well, before that, while I'm waiting on that to happen, um, I have to run the tailpipes. Right now, my exhaust just goes out to the axle. I just got to run the tailpipes out the back. Um swapping in a little bit bigger um motor mount bolts and then what the fuck else did i have to do oh and trying to i'm trying to find some lower springs for the front um and then after that man the thing's ready to fucking hit the dyno make the power and then that's it stop fucking ripping it pounding gears and punching quits you know what i
1: mean that's
0: it that's fucking crazy that they don't even call you back, though. It's insane. It's been literally five days now. Five days. I mean, that's in, that's including the weekend, but still, like, what the fuck, bro? Then I'm like, listen, I got monies, and I got a car, and this is my whole build sheet. You have all of the information that you need. Zero return. <laughs> no calls. <laughs>
1: Damn.
0: Yeah, they just got two people. They're like, fuck it. Yeah, it sucks, dude. And the the shittiest thing, too, is like the dude that flashed my ECU, um, we could lay down a street tune, but this dude's already been pulled over twice sitting in the passenger seat with a laptop on his lap, which is no bueno. The cops do not appreciate that shit. And for anybody that's seen the videos that I posted on my Instagram, this thing is not quiet. It has all the noise, yeah, that's no so you know. yeah, a street tune's just not even it's not plausible
1: um, just <sighs> so gonna, gonna, yeah. bounce back in here before before we get uh too far away from it, and then I forget the episode, if you want to check it out is uh Jersey takeover with app cheap thrills n j. Uh, came out on June 24th of this year. Dusty was on. I just posted it on the Low Life Chopper podcast story. A screenshot of the actual episode in case you forget what I just said. Um, so go back there. Check out the story. And again, Jersey Takeover with Cheap Thrills and Jay.
0: Hear all the fucking um,
1: Those guys went
0: we- I thought you were looking up the name of the kid who won. <laughs> well, I can't look that up. I thought you, <laughs> that's what I was saying. I was like, it's the name in the show notes? <laughs> no, definitely not. Because it was the same would... time we gave away the deadbeat ticket. So I was assuming yeah. that maybe we collect like, the winners in the show notes. No, I don't put the winners in the show notes. Cause then they wouldn't, they don't have to listen to the episode. You got to listen to the
1: motherfucking episode people. <laughs>
0: God, I thought you were coming back with a name. I'm devastated right now. Are you? Yeah, I'm fucking ready to hang it up. I'm ready to hang it up right now. It's fucking bullshit. That's it. Call it off, man. Why? Fucking Mondays.
1: (laughs) It is. Somebody was asking us that many weeks ago about like, hey, do you guys ever like Just come to a week where you're like, I don't feel like doing the show this week. And listen, those days fucking happen.
0: Like right now, I'm fighting to keep my eyes open. And I was like, yo, maybe if I smoke, nope, turns out that was a bad idea because now my eyes are even heavier.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're like, this is actually way harder now.
0: Yeah, stupid. (laughs) Now I'm just tired and like happy. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, but that's a good feeling too. It's. I guess I just want to go night. <laughs> <laughs> go night
1: night. go do some finger jams.
0: <laughs> yeah, finger jam before night, dude. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, um, that's what the deal is with the Camaro. I've tried. I've been trying to put updates of the Camaro on my, uh, like in my stories and shit, because people have been hitting me up like, "Yo, fucking, you need to keep us updated." Blah blah blah. So I'm trying to fucking do that. Um, I haven't posted anything on the low life page because I feel like it's like weird to do that. I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe I don't know. You guys tell me, but <laughs> let us know if you just want updates of everything because, like, me and Grusha were talking about this earlier. Is like this podcast is pretty much based around choppers and our everyday life. You know what I mean? As like being in the community. Um, but sometimes that doesn't include choppers. So like, we do the hunting shit, the Camaro shit, fucking starting company shit. So let us know. We could post a lot more shit on our fucking Instagram. It's just not all going to be chopper shit.
1: Yeah, seriously. That's one of those, uh, one of those things where it's like, we would be happy to put more updates out there, but I'm always, yeah. I always look at it and I'm like, is this relevant to like the podcast page? But right, people follow our personal pages, so, like, in a way, I'm like, maybe they wouldn't give a shit. So let us know. Do you give a shit? Do you just want to see chopper shit on the page? Do you want to see life updates when we're, like, doing other shit, but, like, this is what we're working on right now? you want to see that on the page? Do you not want to see that on the page?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. So that's probably...
1: I mean, well, first up, finish up with the Camaro. I don't want to cut the Camaro stuff off if there was
0: more. Um, No. Well, there was one other thing that I forgot was um, I had to do my frame connectors as well. Um, The thing with the Uh, frame connectors is kind of a fucking... What?
1: I don't know what that is.
0: (laughs) So it's pretty much just like it connects the frame in a Camaro. So like when you make stupid amount of horsepower in like the F-body Camaros... You could actually twist the fucking chassis. Oh, does that makes sense. Yeah.
1: So it they does. sell these I things think called Rain the, connectors. The first Fast what? and Furious. I watched the first Fast and Furious movie where Vin Diesel was like, it had so much torque the chassis twisted coming off the starting line. <laughs> I don't know um, why I remember that. I didn't. I only saw that movie once, and I never forgot that line for no reason. For
0: I've seen that movie about I don't know ten million fucking times. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an underrated um, uh, way to phrase something. Yeah, put a million in right after. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, so frame connections is pretty much like tighten up the body. Um, it makes the tracks super fucking straight. It's nice. Um, they're key, but the problem is, is you can't like put it up on a lift and do it like all full wheels have to be on the ground. Camaros are not fucking trucks. So like there's very limited fucking space. Um, so like what a lot of people do is they'll get like, uh, you know, like the car ramps. Yep. So you can get those drive up on the front, jack up the car and then put ramps underneath the rear tires. That way it's still sitting, but now it's just sitting off the ground. Yeah. And, uh, you put it in that way. So I just haven't had time to fucking do that. I got to do that before it goes to the dyno as well. Um, and then other than that, it's like the car is done after that. I just have to find, like, a few interior pieces, but nothing that will stop the car from driving.
1: It has to be dynoed, right? Like, everything has to be dynoed, or is it no. just for performance?
0: No. Um, so there's there's, like, two ways to do it. You can, depending on how your build is, you can get away with just flashing the ECU and, like, Okay, it needs this much timing, it needs this much fuel, this much air, and then you'll be done. Yeah. But then like when you start doing shit with like bigger valves, port jobs, um, huge cams, like all this other shit, then it's like a little bit more extensive. Like you really have to collect data to be able to give it what it needs. You know what I mean? So, like with that, you can either do two things. You can do a road tune, like what well, they call them a street tune where like somebody sits in your passenger seat with a laptop plugged into your OBD connector. And as you're running, like you, like you'll pull through the gears and like peak, not really, you're getting into the fucking car. You're letting it fucking eat and seeing like, if the fuel is not enough, if the fuel is dropping, if you need more timing, blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, The only thing that sucks about that is you can get caught. It's pretty much the same thing as racing because you're getting like really getting into the car to try to stress it and find where its low points are. Um, so the alternative to that is bringing it to a dyno, which is pretty much the same thing except you're just on wheels. You know what I mean? Like you pull up onto a set of wheels and you can go as fast as you want and just be in the same spot.
1: Gotcha. There's so much more to it.
0: It's a lot, man. Building a fucking street car is like it's an, it's not cheap, first of all. <laughs> and uh it's kind of a fucking pain in the dick. Especially so it, here's my biggest thing with this is like I've always been a small block Chevy guy, a big block Chevy guy, uh anything with a carburetor. I'm the same way with my motorcycles. I, everything I have has a carburetor. And with this I took a fucking 79 Camaro and stuffed a fuel injected fucking motor into it where everything has to read off a computer, it's fuel injected, it's just a whole different fucking animal. So it's like, I'm not only doing a motor swap, which is, and like building a fucking fast motor, I'm also trying to learn how to tune these fucking things, how, what it needs, what it doesn't need, what can be deleted, how to fucking strip down harnesses, it's just like, it's a whole different animal. It'd be like if somebody had never fucking built a race motor before in their life, And wanted to do a swap in a car, and this would be their first time ever. That's pretty much what it's like for me to build a fuel injected motor.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, it's like, man. And how? I I don't know if we asked you in the beginning, but what what drew you to this particular platform? Like, of all the cars, I
0: hated this platform. (laughs) <laughs> there's actually episodes where I've talked sh- like shit back and forth with Fat Man about people doing LS swaps. I used to always have this like running joke, anybody had an LS swap, I'd tell them like, hey, you know why God made LSs? It's for people that can't build small blocks.
1: <laughs>
0: and so here's the thing is, when I bought this Camaro, um, I found it in line for three grand. It's super fucking crisp. It's a, it was a clean roller, no motor, no tyranny. Um And... I lined up a big block. I found a big block for like I think it was like a thousand bucks. Um, lined that up, and I was like, "Cool, that that would be the motor." So I went out bought the shell with the roller, got that home, um, started hitting the dude up about the motor. Gone. Could not ever get a hold of this dude again. So the original plan for this car was supposed to be a big block, it was supposed to be a four fifty four big block motor in this car. Um. And this dude just like ghosted me, never heard from him again. To this day, I still haven't heard from him. Um, so then I started getting fucking stressed out. I was looking everywhere for a fucking big block. And the only people that had big blocks want stupid fucking money for him, like two grand plus. I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous, dude. Um, and then one of my buddies who has a shop, he was like, Listen, man, just fucking LS swap the thing. I'll help you do everything with like the tuning and the wiring and all that shit. And I'm like, nah, not really interested. Um, it's just not my fucking thing. Yeah, no, I could,
1: I could see that.
0: And so that's why like, if you pop a hood on like an old car and you see a small block or a big block, they just look nice. They, they're fucking sexy ass motors. You know what I mean? Um. I just, I don't know. It's just what I grew up. I grew up in like the hot rod fucking scene with my grandfather and my dad and everything. So that's what I liked. Um But after like two weeks, dude, searching high and low for a fucking motor, came up empty handed. And my buddy was like, hey, I got a guy that's got uh, five 5.3 out of a 2005 Chevy Silverado 1500, has uh, 115,000 miles on it. I can get it for 250 bucks. With the harness and the ECU. And I was like, holy fuck, dude. That's well, cheap hell. Probably couldn't even buy the ECU. Dude, seriously. So I'm like, holy fuck, that's cheap. And he's like, look, I'll help you do the tune. And I'll help you do um, the wire harness. Because that's like the big thing is you have to do a standalone harness. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck it, whatever. Let's do it. He's like, you'll probably be into it for less than a thousand bucks. And I'm like, dope, that's exactly what I fucking need. So I went and bought the motor, um, tore the whole fucking harness off of it, uh, stripped it all down, cleaned the the entire fucking thing with degreaser and wire wheels and fucking everything, made it look brand new. Um, and then like throughout this whole process,' like now been a few weeks, I'm online, obviously looking into the motor that I'm about to swap into my car. Start going down this rabbit hole and like how easy it is to make power to these fucking things. So then, like, one part leads to another, which leads to another. And then now that I bought those parts, I need this part to make those parts work. And next thing I know, I'm fucking like seven grand deep into this car.
1: Jesus.
0: <laughs> Dude, fucking bad. Um, but it's like, and this kind of shit happens to me. This is why I stopped doing cars before, because they're super expensive. They take up a lot of fucking room. <laughs> and I just go over I go overboard with everything I do. Anybody that knows me in real life, I go overboard with everything I do. Um so yeah, I ended up fucking building the the whole top end, um, doing slightly bigger valves, a six thirty lift cam, pocket ported the heads. Um dual valve springs, titanium push rods, upgraded the lifters, upgraded the rockers, um, upgraded You've been really good uh, thing, huh? I didn't know yeah, how much was going into it. I went I went into the entire motor. I ripped the entire motor down to nothing and redid everything. All new rings, all new everything. All new gaskets for the whole motor. Um did What the fuck else did I do? Oh, injectors, um, the intake. The only thing I haven't done is the fucking throttle body. Everything else has been upgraded on that fucking thing. So going from – usually like when you get these motors, it's usually like stock. I think they put out anywhere from like 320 to 350 horsepower. Yeah. And on this setup, on paper, it should be like 500, give or take, maybe 520
1: damn
0: yeah so that's what i mean i just get like super carried away and then i'm a very impatient person i like shit now you know what i mean oh and i had to do a 3600 stall converter um because the cam's so big if you did like a regular stall converter the car just try to move as soon as you start it um so i had to do a 3600 stall it's a street strip built 350 uh, turbo 350 transmission um, and then I worked the deal afterwards for a 4L80E, uh, transmission, which I'm getting from Fat Man, like did some fucking, um, wheeling dealing with him. So I got the 4L80 that I'm going to build that now for a backup. How's um the 4L80 gonna- on the, uh,
1: transmission components?
0: <laughs> that's going to be expensive. It's probably going to cost me a thousand bucks to build that tranny. Fuck. Um, Why yeah. I
1: feel like that's the same price as a bike. Shouldn't it be like more?
0: Well, I'll, I'll build the whole tranny myself. So, um, and then
1: like a shovelhead tranny, isn't that like in the ballpark of what it costs to like,
0: I don't know. Two? I've never done a shovelhead tranny. I've never actually, I've never rebuilt a tranny period on a motorcycle.
1: Yeah. I me mean, neither. I've just blown one up.
0: I mean, I wouldn't think so. Cause like you can just buy one for like fucking 600 bucks. <laughs> yeah. I usually- but who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who knows? Um, So the Camaro still has the factory 10-bolt rear end. Um, Listen, I have zero faith that 10-bolt or that terrible 350 transmission is going to last. So that's why I got the 4L80E uh, transmission to start building that. And then I just found a 12-bolt rear end um, that I'm trying to work a deal on right now. So I have the backups, the stronger parts, for when I blow the other ones up. Yeah. Um, like this is my problem. <laughs> like there's zero problems right now, but I'm like, eventually I will blow this up. So, um, yeah, so I got the tranny working on the rear end right now. And then I'm also looking for another five, three motor. Cause I want to build one where I built, cause I didn't touch the bottom end of this there. It's the cast iron model. Um, so it already has a pretty strong bottom end. It can handle like I think like up to a thousand horsepower or some shit.
1: Yeah.
0: On a stock bottom end, um, but I want to get another one and just like do like the rods, the crank, and fucking pretty much build the whole bottom end, build the top end, and then turbo it. So that'll be like a long project that will just like get tanked with throughout the years, and then eventually I'll fucking drop that in once my kids can like survive if I die. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, man. It's just like a, a fucking rabbit hole. This is what cars do to you. It's like you just get sucked in and it just steals all your money.
1: I mean, I feel like all these these things, I mean, it seems like more expensive with cars. But, I mean, I was just going to do the fucking tanks on the Evo. Remember that?
0: Yeah. I used to say yeah. those
1: stupid things. And I'm yep. like, Yeah. Yeah. I just swap the tank and then I just leave the rest. And then – yeah. I'm, this looks like dog shit with this fender on it, and all of these fenders yeah. this clutch, and all of this is terrible. And then you're like, yeah, many thousand dollars later, you're like, okay, I'll stop for a little bit, but probably not a long time. Yeah. <laughs> just end up right well,
0: here's the shitty thing, too. Is like, so this has been one of my favorite cars for a while. Um, this dude that lived next to my grandmother, he had one that was like that bluish purple color. Yep. And do I remember just like seeing this thing when I was a kid, and I was like, oh my God. God that thing is gorgeous it just looks like it's doing a thousand miles an hour just sitting still you know what I mean they just look fast as fuck <laughs> I love those cars and uh but the thing is man is like it's it, technically it's an antique car it's a 79 it's a z28 so it's like the desired out of the models um but here's the thing is like anybody else in the car community. So here's the thing: is like people in the drag racing community and the circle track guys love them too. They just destroy these cars in the circle track like piece of the shit. But like um, the drag racing community, people dig what I did. But people in the classic car community, dude, a Camaro is like fucking peasant. You know what I mean? It's like known as like the white trash fucking antique car.
1: Oh, is it? I didn't realize. Yeah,
0: that. yeah. It's like considered like the white trash fucking thing. You know what I mean? Um, like now, say if it was like a '69, like what Rob has, that's like a desirable Camaro, um, and like people respect that Camaro, blah blah blah. But then the second gen, they're like, oh, these are just like long-haired fucking scumbags that had these cars. <laughs> so, like in that instinct, it's like, well, that kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, they 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 they're starting to fetch a lot of fucking money. They're getting super expensive especially for one that's not that doesn't have like rotted floors and shit cuz that that's one thing that they're known for um this small piece of the frame that comes like around the tub of the back seat those always rot out um but if you find one that's like not rotted at all like my like mine is pristine there was zero rot on this car um Which is dude people get
1: where it was
0: yeah yeah people get stupid fucking money like Dude, people are getting ten grand for these fucking things with a small block in them. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's mind-blowing. And they're only going to keep going up because people just keep buying them and buying them and buying them for that price. It's the same way like that we see in the shopping community. If people pay that price, it's going to keep going up until people don't pay that price, and then it'll lower it a little bit. Um,
1: Depends on how desperate people are to get their hands on one right that minute.
0: Right. So, I mean, I don't really care who digs it, who doesn't dig it. I love them. It's just like a car that like I can relate my childhood to but it's just kind of like a suck thing you know what i mean no matter what you do to that car it'll never be respected as like say like um an old like 73 nova or a fucking charger or something like that you know what i mean it's just not even in that same ballpark when people talk about classic cars
1: yeah i mean i feel like this is the this is the evo versus the shovel you know situation mm-hmm. right here where it's like you could still do some really cool shit and make an Evo that is incredible, but people yeah. are going to be like, be cool if it was a shovel head though.
0: Yeah. And like the crazy thing is too, is like, you don't see a lot of these cars. Like I go to all of the car shows around here uh, where we live. There's one huge car club. It's uh New Hampshire muscle cars. These guys have like 7,000 members or some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dude, their car shows are pretty god. Like they fill the fucking Deerfield Fair. It's pretty fucking big. And dude, you go there, and I think when I went to that show this past summer, I seen two second gen Camaros out of thousands of cars. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I just don't get why people hate on them so much. But it's not a car that you see driving around all the fucking time compared to like the Chevelles and the old Corvettes. You know what I mean? You see those, those are way more played out than a second gen Camaro is. Yeah.
1: I mean, does the Impala get to play in that, in that space at all, or that doesn't really count as
0: like a muscle? Uh, no, they do. They do uh, kind of like a people I still. this like
1: like cool, but I, I know a lot of people liked him. I actually, I think it was the best selling, uh, the, like whatever they considered a sports car In America for a long time Because it was so affordable
0: Yeah so people like them Like the older ones where people do like The air ride and like the crazy Fucking candy paint and all that shit It's yeah. so like they have They have Their place in like the low rider community It's pretty much like the same thing as mine Like certain groups like them Some groups are like meh whatever Um but, like, when you're, like, talking about the whole, like, as a whole, like, the classic muscle car scene, neither one of those really are, like, yeah. a thing.
1: Yeah, it's just not, just not as big as some of the other players.
0: Right. Like, everybody is, like, anybody that's in, like, the classic muscle car scene, like, wants, like, like I said, like, the Chevelle, the 73 Novas, um, the Vegas, all those kind of cars. Um Nobody in, like, the old Corvettes, nobody's fucking with the second gens. I I don't get it. I don't know what it is. The body lines are fucking gorgeous on them, especially the Z28s. The body lines are fucking absolutely gorgeous on them, but I don't know. It's weird, man. Like, the third gens get more love than the second gens somehow, which I don't fucking get. I've never really been, like, a a huge second gen fan, but.
1: Tacomas are that way. Not that that's, like, the same ballpark here but like if you have a gen one people are like oh that's like a fucking first gen tacoma still survivor and then if you have a third gen people are like that's the new tacoma if you have the middle one that i have people are like what year was that yeah nobody really cares about the middle one because it's either the newest one or it's the first one
0: <laughs> the first gen is the dopest dude <laughs> yeah the those tacoma things are of me. the yeah, the the first 10 Tacoma's were like little taco trucks. I love those things. That was like the vehicle you wanted back in the day when we were into like mudding. It was either you either had one of those or a Jeep. Yeah. Yeah, there were great. <laughs> I mean, were great. I didn't I I wasn't that guy. I uh all my friends had Jeeps and Tacoma's and shit and I had a fucking Dodge Ram twenty five hundred with a six inch lift and thirty-sevens. <laughs> I was like, like it, just mowing down trails that I had no business being on. That was just like my style. I needed a full size truck.
1: <laughs> just had to have it. I still feel like you got to have the big, no matter what you're, well, I guess if you're doing off road shit, you have different interests. But for me, I can't ever see owning any truck with less than a six foot bed. I, I can't... Like those mini Tacomas had the five-foot bed. They st- Even they, they still make them. Anything that's got a double cab, unless you special order a double cab I don't like bed, it's a five-foot bed on a, on a truck. And I'm like, what do you... That's like a fucking Honda Ridgeline, basically.
0: Yeah. I don't like anything more than a six-and-a-half-foot bed. I don't like eight-foot beds. I think they look fucking horrendous.
1: Oh, visually? I'm just talking about, like, how functional it is.
0: Well, I'm saying my vehicles have to be functional and like look nice. You know, I don't want something that has an eight foot bed and looks like it's a fucking I don't even like a mini tractor trailer. I just don't like that look.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I I mean you like it when you're taking shit to the dump and you pay by the run, but it's definitely the five foot bed. I, I just could never get behind. I want the double cab so bad, but I would never. I could never get a double cab short bed. I would buy a different brand before I bought a double cab short bed to come, you Just You just need
0: a double cab short bed and get a fucking trailer, dude. Boom, problem solved.
1: I almost feel like if I was going to get a trailer, I might get like something that wasn't even a truck but could still pull shit. If that's oh, that's what you working. Why would you <laughs> need the truck if you don't plan to use the bed?
0: <laughs> because this is America and men drive trucks. It's got to have the trucks. <laughs> that's it the only reason you don't have a truck is because you live in Boston and drive a clapped out civic.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, I was that guy for a while. I lived in Boston. And Every guy a- in Boston
0: is that guy. <laughs> you either take the train or you have a fucking, you either take the train or you take the T or you have a clapped out civic. That's it.
1: <laughs> the T the is the train,
0: but that's fine. You may have been to Boston one time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about like a subway. That's what I mean.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> they don't have that here, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Not in Boston, in New York.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. You, take, you have a, a clapped-out Civic, or you have, if you live in the hood, as we found out, uh, the, the, official, the official car of the hood is the Nissan Altima. I don't know if you know this or not, but... Ooh, the Nissan you, Altima is dope. <laughs> if you have a Nissan Altima, it has rotted-out floorboards, it has a cracked windshield,
0: and it the is... The Maxima, too.
1: Oh, I don't even know. I, I don't even have a stereotype for the Maxima. I just know that The Maxima know, was dope is the hook more so than even the civic because the civic is like people driving around in the civic that they modded. But like, if you're just like living your worst life, (laughs) you're just driving around in the (laughs) Ultima that's just like banged up, but like, it's not a
0: cool car. It's just every trend is dentist.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's just a functional car to get you. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: It's not good. Sorry for the heavy breathing Ooh. in the background. The dog decided he is he is going to come down here after all. Bandito? Yeah, yeah old Bandito's yeah. down here. Yeah. He's the, the only
0: normal dog you have.
1: Yeah, the other one, she's she's just crazy up there. Doing all kinds of weird stuff. Um,
0: Maybe it's going to be like the old yellow story, dude.
1: What's it? I can't remember what the story was from old Yeller.
0: Oh, dude. The dog would get sick and he has to bring it out in the backyard and kill it. <laughs>
1: Oh, God, no, it's definitely not <laughs> like that. She's too young. <laughs> She's gonna be I was going
0: to leave it as a cliffhanger so people would just make memes and you'd be like, oh, fuck.
1: Oh, God <laughs> damn I it. <laughs> yeah, I think, hey, you can't just fucking chew that right over here, you fucking animal. <laughs> Goodness, this is what I get for letting them come down here. So I feel like this is a good time to, to – get into some of this hunting stuff. Can we make this like a a little joint segment into that? Sure. Because the season just fucking opened. I've been blowing your phone up with questions about this and that. I've been blowing up Evo Jesus too. The fucking deer hunting season is on. We need to talk to crazy gentlemen too and see if there's going to be another live from the deer camp situation.
0: Oh, listen! I already have many plans with Ralph. <laughs> Is that we are? Uh, oh yeah! Amen. Oh yeah! That's going. That's going down.
1: That's awesome. Are you guys trying to do some crazier hunts too? Some of that uh, shit he gets into.
0: Uh, this year I will not be, but in the near future, yes.
1: <sighs> yeah, that seems like. A fucking blast. Definitely. Yeah, you're
0: gonna you're gonna have to upgrade to a compound for that though.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I do see. Mainly, I mean, I just seen that he sent me that video. Remy Warren though took that fucking elk with actually the same exact bow that I have right now. Believe it or not.
0: Yeah, but you're not Remy Warren.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but like, how far away are you gonna shoot these things from?
0: Remy Warren is a fucking beast, dude. This guy's like,
1: like He shot that thing in, like, seven yards.
0: Yeah, because he's an animal.
1: animal. You could shoot at seven yards with anything.
0: I mean, are you going to get seven yards to an elk, though? I don't know. I don't it's know. Reverend Warren that. literally does this for a living.
1: <laughs> I, think of it. I don't know where uh, – I don't know that I ever asked Rob how far he took that shot from.
0: I can guarantee it wasn't seven yards. Can you, though? Yeah. Yep. shortcut.
1: Sure we'll have to fucking get him on to clear it up.
0: I have a buddy that goes out to Montana every single year. That's sick. And he goes out and does an elk hunt and he does mule deer hunt. Dude, I hear
1: good things about uh, mule deer hunting, and they're fucking big, beefy motherfuckers.
0: Yeah. So this dude went out there five years in a row with a compound. And still did not get it done until his sixth year.
1: Damn. Good on that guy for fucking keeping it going. Cause it's a lot of money to keep spending every year and not getting anything.
0: Yeah. I mean, he was still like making it happen with like a muley or something. Um, And like our buddy lives out there. So if he really wanted to, he could switch to a gun, you know what I mean? But yeah. like he was on a mission and like wanted his first out to be with his compound. And it's just not easy. Like, I believe by any means, you know what I mean? It's not easy. Um, here
1: right now, you know, even doing what I'm doing here, trying to do that same, like to be honest, that's the kind of stuff I saw before I was into hunting that I was like, this is what I want to do, uh, like active, physically demanding, a lot of hiking kind of stuff. And that's kind of the, the path that we talked about before the season opened here is I was going to go out there with the stand and do some hiking out there, set the stand up and sit for the day. And you had recommended, which I was not expecting you to recommend it. Usually I felt like you're you're going to be like, you better fucking get out there at the beginning of the season, put this stand up (laughs) and stop doing this shit. You did all last year, but you were like, no, do it on, do it on foot.
0: And it ended up. Well, here's what I'll say on that is if I had to choose um, to have you do the stand the way you've been doing it or still hunt, I would tell you to still hunt every time because it's going to be less impactful in the area around you than it is to be climbing up and down a tree every fucking time you go hunting.
1: I can definitely I think see that. You,
0: I, I think that you will have better luck still hunting than carrying a stand in and out of the woods every time.
1: Yeah. It's also a lot more fun to be On foot. And and we, we didn't mention this, but like this is so this is big woods that we're doing up north. So it's like there's not a lot of great other than like actually going and walking it and spending the day out there. It's tough to determine where you would even set a stand anyway, because there's not like very clearly defined trails or paths. You're like out here in New England, it's all pines and in some hardwoods like oaks and shit but it's there's just big open forest floor so like they can really go a thousand different ways and if you're not on foot i don't know how you would do it.
0: His, so one of the best things about new hampshire is really depending on what kind of hunter you are um whether you're a tree stand guy and you want to be setting a tree stand up in an oak flat or on a field edge um, or swamp edge, all that is possible. Or if you're a still hunter and you want to be like skirting, like the thick pines and the fucking um, ravines on the swamp edges and all that, you can do that. If you want to mountain hunt, you can do that. You know what I mean? You can literally do whatever style hunting you do in New Hampshire, but, New Hampshire is easily one of the hardest states to tag out in.
1: Yeah, I definitely feel that. It definitely seems like what other people describe them seeing and and the areas they have access to and some of like the ag plots that they hunt. And I'm like, it's definitely not like that up here. I will say this year has been already last year. I, I just like got into it way too late. Didn't have my shit together. This year, I'm on day one. I had a deer. Where I walked in there quietly enough and without like trying to work up too much of a sweat that I put off too much scent. <clears throat> had a deer run right up on me within an hour of being there. And I should have shot it, but I thought it was a little small. Didn't end up shooting it. Went back to that same woods, but in a totally different spot. And I found a family of three. So already, Those never got within shooting range. I mean, they smelled me and that was the end of it. But already it's been a more successful season. And I still feel like I'm just getting started with scouting this area. So I'll go back a couple more times, dial it in. If I could get this first one from the ground with a traditional bow, I feel like I can open up all of hunting after that point and be like, okay, now I'll try anything. I wanted to this first one to be a certain way. And we talked about this last year. And I've had people say, like, why don't you just shoot your first one with a gun? And, like, at least then you get one. And it's, like, weirdly enough, and I know it's not the the, the correct way to go about it if you're just trying to get the job done. But it, once this first one is in the books, I feel like I'll be able to relax about a lot of the the way that I want to do things, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah.
0: I just think, like, so what I was telling you last year is, like, if you started with a compound bow, that gets you in all of the right habits of archery. You know what I mean? You learn how to judge distance. You learn how to properly hold the bow. You learn which spots you need to be at because you know what your bow can do. You know what I mean? That would have, like, guided you to be able to go on to the harder kind of archery hunt. You know what I mean? That was like my whole point last year was like, you should start here, build the fundamentals and then switch to that one. You know what I mean?
1: No, I hear you. That definitely, uh, even a lot of the people that whose podcasts I listen to now, like Reman Warren's got a great podcast. Not that he does all trad, but he does some trad stuff. Um, traditional bow hunting, wilderness podcasts has one trad quest, the push, all these people, um, that are into the traditional side of it most of them started with compounds yeah but so I, I do think there's a lot of uh, there's something to be said about that it probably would have been an easier way into it um it's too late for me now i've spent this much time struggling with this bow that i got and
0: into- I, I just want to like go on record here to say that i'm by no means saying that compound bow well, compound archery hunting is easy because it is still very difficult. Um, you kind of still have, like, the same, like, guidelines which you with traditional. Like, you can only shoot so far. You only have one shot. Um, your bow has to be tuned, like, set to what it needs to be. You need to learn how to properly hold the bow, how to properly aim the bow. Um, shot placement is much fucking different than when you're shooting with a gun. Um, so it's still very hard. And like a little branch can completely fuck your day up. You know what I mean? It's like, it's all like within the same regard. The only difference is, is the traditional bow doesn't hit as hard and doesn't shoot as far.
1: Well, the other thing is the traditional bow is a lot harder to learn to shoot. Without, well, so no, that that no. goes
0: on like what I was trying to tell you was like, if you started with a compound and you're shooting with sights and shooting with sights and shooting with sights, you kind of get like that muscle memory of where your arm needs to be. You know, what I mean, you know where to hold the bow. Not saying I could rip the sights off my compound and shoot something because that's probably not going to fucking happen, but it just gets you in that repetition of being able to pull back, aim, shoot. Do you know what i mean I think, as
1: I think strength it would definitely strengthen the muscle a lot more uh, cuz when i first started having the it's it's a unique muscle that you don't really use even if you work out um no. and strengthening the muscle took a little bit of time it definitely the thing with traditional is just knowing cuz i've had people that shoot bows uh like i was at over over at well i won't mention his name but I was over at a buddy's house recently and he shot, he's a compound guy and shot my traditional bow and skied this thing into the woods. And like, this is a dude who hits with his, with his compound, just fine. But you take the sights off and it's like, there's nothing, there's so many different ways of aiming that like people have debates about, like, do you want to do gap shooting? Or do you want to do full instinctive where you're actually not aiming? Do you want to look down the shaft of the arrow? There's like, it's so open ended that like it's kind of on you to decide what's going to work for you, and it, right. it took me a long fucking time to to pick one. Just to pick like what what do I shoot better with? Because everybody's got their own idea of like this is how you ought to do it. But at the end of the day, it's it's just a stick and a string, and you got to put the rest of it together. Um, right. But is less to go wrong. Less going on. A lot of stuff you can do on your own. And I think the opposite, like once you, once I get this deer with this trad bow, if I were to pick up a compound, I think the switch would only make it a thousand times more effective as a hunter, you know, cause then you're like, okay, my range just tripled. And now oh, I it'll can do more than triple.
0: F- yeah. It'll do more than triple. Like I was just shooting the other day with my son and even with his bow, He's shooting out to fucking almost 40, like right around 40 yards.
1: Right. So that's double where I'm at. Like 20 yards is about.
0: And he's fucking, he's 12 years old. (laughs) You know what I mean? But he, so he had the same problem when, so we got his bow for him in June for his birthday. This is his first like legit compound. He had a compound before, the um, Ruckus Junior, which is like um, the Hoyt Ruckus. It's like a youth bow. And it's pretty much like train them up. Um, so this is his first bow that's actually legal to hunt with. And when we got the bow, he was like, I think his draw weight was like 25, dude. He just like, they didn't have that, that muscle that you were talking about to be able to pull the weight. So thanks dude. Thank fucking God. He started playing football. He does push ups every single night of practice. He's doing up downs. He's doing fucking everything. Bear crawls and dude within like a month and a half he was up to like right so as like current day we just went up again last night i think by like a pound and a half or something um but current day right now he's shooting 43 pounds and no 45 pounds um which is now legal hunting and started at 10 yards and now he's pretty confident to like 35 40 yards
1: that's incredible. Yeah. That's fantastic.
0: And like, so like what I was trying to say, so I was shooting with him and he's 12 years old shooting out to almost 40 yards and I'm shooting out to 60, 70 yards. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I mean, would I shoot a deer that far? Probably not 70 yards. I've killed deer at 60. Um, actually my last New Hampshire deer was 63 yards, but Nine times, I mean that's just because where I hunt, I have pretty wide open spots. I like to hunt oak flats. That's like pretty open. All the brush that's in there is like ankle high, so there's not really too much shit to fuck up a shot. And I've also been archery hunting since. So let me let me back that up. I haven't been archery hunting since I was ten, but I've been shooting compound bows since I was ten years old. I got my first compound when I was ten. Um, or no, maybe. I think I was 12, whatever the fuck it was, somewhere in there. Um, and then started like actively hunting compound bows when I was 16, I think. So I've been shooting compound bows for a long motherfucking time, which is why I'm comfortable. Like, I remember when I first got this bow that I have now, um, I remember I was at a party. We, could be, well, we used to always have like these archery parties where everybody would get together, everybody would bring their targets. We'd have like, fucking 20 different 3D deer targets and bear targets and turkey targets and square targets just like lined up all around the yard at all different yardage and we'd like have a big barbecue we'd shoot our bows then we would drink and hang out and have a fire and all this shit and I remember it was like no thing for me and a couple of my buddies we would take we'd wait for the sun to go down I know it's fucking retarded be drinking beers and we would take we would take a fucking beer can Put it all the way at a hundred yards, stick an arrow through it with a lighted knock that way you could see it would like illuminate the can and shoot a fucking beer can like the long like the part you would drink from facing forward, shoot in that circle at a hundred yards after we've been drinking. You know what I mean so it's like yeah I'm very like taking a sixty yard shot is not and I'm not like trying to like boast and like say I'm the best, but taking a sixty yard shot for me isn't like. Oh my God, he's so irresponsible because I can shoot accurately at a hundred yards. I would never shoot a deer at a hundred yards, but I can hit a fucking top of a beer can at a hundred yards. So shooting something at 60 yards isn't like a huge deal. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, like you said, when you've got it tuned and you have that shot repeatable, I, I don't see any reason to believe that you couldn't do
0: it. Right.
1: That's the other nice thing about archery is you can do it at your house. You can figure these things out. I bought that deer target, and I've been shooting the shit out of that thing. And But there's just so much to learn. I actually just bought Megan um, her first bow. So I grabbed like a uh, a 25-pound – same way you started your son there, of just like start at 25, see how she pulls it. Um, and she's doing great with it, But but there's definitely – it takes some time. You know, it's not like you're just going to pick it up.
0: What kind of, did you get her longbow?
1: Uh, it's a recurve. So not, yeah. not quite as like unwieldy. I think it's a 60 inch, whereas mine's like a 66. Um, but it's got replaceable limbs, like the three piece. So as she gets older, you can swap the limbs out for like 40 bucks. You can get stronger limbs and she can just move up and draw weight.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. So she started out with that one. She's been shooting the shit out of the deer, having a good time with it, but she's learning about all like the fundamentals. You know, I think you can learn the fundamentals no matter what kind of bow you have, like how to hold your arm so that you don't get hit by the string, how to, how to have a consistent draw, like picking a spot where you're going to anchor to on your face so that every time you pull it back, you're pulling the same distance. Um, Right. And even other things like the nice thing about traditional is you're going to tune the bow on your own. You know, you're going to, you're going to adjust the brace height by twisting the string and then putting it back over the riser. You're going to set the knock height. And if the arrow flight is sticking into the target, weird, you're going to move your knock up or down. It's like, it's all stuff you can, it's like the carburetor of the bow world. We're like, it's simple enough that the average person could just do it at their house with a bow square, which is like a $5 tool and a little pair of pliers. Um, Yeah. So she's learning that stuff. She's finding it. That part is like only somewhat interesting to her, which I can understand that she's not like fully hooked on it yet, but I'm hoping yeah. that in time she, she does get hooked on it and wants to get like nicer arrows, you know, a, a better string, all, all the stuff that you can like upgrade later on. I'm sure Dom gets that way after after he was doing it for a little bit. Yeah. And you're like, well, this is about to get real expensive.
0: Yep. Yep. Especially in the compound world. It's not fucking cheap.
1: That's true. Yeah. Cause what is an average compound running? Yeah, three hundred bucks for well, like a kid's one?
0: So that all it all depends on like what you're looking for, you know what I mean? Um I only shoot and it sounds so cliché, but every fucking guy is like this. I don't give a fuck who you are. So I'm a that guy. Um I shot Hoyt before. My first bow was a Hoyt. Um, But I'm a Bowtech guy now. I just like the way they feel. I like the limb to limb height. I like how fast they are. Um, I just like everything about Bowtech. It's a great fucking bow. Um, Sucks because it's a little bit more of like a higher end bow. Um, So with Dominic's, I got him a diamond, which is like they're also made by Bowtech. It's just like a sister company of bowtech yeah um so got his bow his bow i want to say fully set up for hunting season so with like his quiver his sights um arrows and broadheads he is probably right around 700 bucks damn Yeah, no joke. only because this is and listen, this isn't like I said, this is not his first bow. He's been shooting archery since he was five years old. He had a small little recurve bow and then he got the Hoyt Ruckus uh, junior bow, which is like a small uh, compound bow. So this is like a thing he's been doing. He's 12 now. So he's been doing this for a long time and has like shown the passion for it and that he cares about it. He takes care of his shit. Um he's also a hunter he's been hunting with a crossbow for two years now he's killed turkeys with 20 gauges so he's like this is what he does you know what i mean he's a hunter um if it was just like a kid like was wanting to get into it i would not spend that much money but because i know he's like invested into it and loves this shit watches it on youtube does his own research like without me um i had no problem flipping that kind of coin you know what i mean and like it wasn't just like i was like oh hey bud here's fucking 700 bucks it was like hey dad i really want to start archery hunting next year um i need a bigger bow i need something that can have the legal draw weight what can i do so set him up for the entire summer i'm like you take care of the chickens and you help me around the yard when i have to mow and shit pick shit up get it out of my way and then uh we'll see where you're at by your birthday so by his birthday he he was at like what I thought he had done enough to pay for at least half that bow. And I was like, I'll kick in the rest and it'll be a dope ass fucking birthday present. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it worked out. He learned a lesson on like, it takes hard work to buy shit that you want. And now he has a piece of equipment that I don't have to worry about. And then I know will like treat him good for quite a few years. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, you make the, the upfront investment. And if it's something that they can show that they're going to like maintain it and not treat it like shit, then it's like, okay, then that's not a problem. Right. Spend money and it'd be worth it.
0: Right. But I mean, so like, and then on the other end, for like my setup and I justify my setups because I only archery hunt. And even before I got in trouble and became a felon, I pretty much only archery hunt. The only time I used a 12 gauge was during, um, waterfowl. So if I was hunting ducks or geese, that's it. All my deer hunting, um, turkey hunting, everything was all with a bow. Um, so I've been like an archery hunter for a long fucking time. Um, and that's like my way of hunting. So, I can justify dropping $1,600 on a bow setup. You know what I mean? Because I know exactly what I want. I know what limb-to-limb I want. And I know like what speed I want to be at. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to me, it's not like that big of a deal. Because like, if you think about it, guys that have guns, they usually have more than one gun. They usually have a rifle. They have a couple 12 gauges. You know what I mean? That's going to be at least what I'm dropping on a bow. So I don't know. It works out good for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, hey, listen, and again, works.
0: like, and again, it's not that is not necessary to kill deer. Okay, I have friends that, and nothing against bear. Bear's a great fucking company as well. I just happen to be a bowtech guy. Like I said, it sucks because they are like a more higher end bow per se, a bigger name. We'll say that. I don't want to say higher end. Um, so like the bear bow, you can get a bear at like. I'm pretty sure a fucking bass pro says bear, but you can get a bear bow like set up for like fucking 500 bucks. You know what I mean? Um, Obviously bear has more expensive setups, but you could an entry bow, you could be fully into a bow for like 500 bucks and kill same amount of deer that I would kill.
1: That's true. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I feel like any compound is still going to do fucking work. You know what I mean? Yeah. No matter what you're which particular one you're dealing with.
0: Yep. yep. It just sucks when you get like brand bias. You know what I mean? It's just like it's the same thing that we were talking about last week with like the Harley bias shit. It's like you get so invested into a company which is like when you really step by and think about it, it's like it's fucking retarded because like you're not getting anything out of that. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you don't get paid royalties because you tell everybody how great your fucking Harley is. Or how great your bow tech is. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's something like in human nature where when you find something that works, that's the only thing that will work. You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I I hear you. I think uh, I haven't gotten, I mean, aside from the fact that I like that Bear is still making their, so my bow is a bear, their Montana longbow. And I like the fact that they're still making them here, which is part of the reason I spent more because you could get with traditional boats, you could get a lot less expensive bow. And I mean, right. this is one I got used on eBay for like two thirty or something, but the brand new, they go for 400 bucks, which is a lot to spend on a traditional bow Cause it's not like there's a ton going on with it. You do want to get a good one. They, they make shitty ones and you don't want to get something that's like crooked or messed up. Um, I was lucky to find it for the price that I did um but i like the company if it was a compound though i don't know even actually even putting that topic aside entirely i like my bow but i don't necessarily know that i have like a a preference like if there was another company which there's millions in the traditional world that are making bows here i'd want to buy something that was like made by somebody here cuz it's so it's so easy to find with the traditional stuff um I haven't shot enough, you know, to say that I'm like, prefer this or prefer that. Um, But I think that the weight ended up perfect. You know, when you're buying it used on eBay, you don't get to pick what the weight's going to be. It's just, it is whatever
0: it is. Well, here's the thing though, is because that's the bow you shoot, that'll be the bow you kill your first deal with. In your mind, you're going to be like, I need a bare bow.
1: Yeah, I mean, you definitely, you see the little gold emblem on there and you're like, <laughs> yeah. bear, yeah. anytime somebody mentions Fred Bear, you're like, my motherfucking man.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> Listen, I say that just because we have the same first name. <laughs> 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 it's
1: all it takes, you know, you're like, I'm in. You son of a bitch, let's do it. <laughs> but he definitely, yeah, I'll, I'll end up being partial to their stuff because they definitely do make um, more expensive models than this and maybe someday that'll be worth it to me maybe not none of them shoot beyond where this one shoots anyway so it's like i don't know what would motivate the only thing i think that would ever motivate me in the future to change from this one would be to get a shorter one maybe yeah like i'm getting i'm getting by just fine but if it was like one foot shorter i think this one's a 66 um so if it was like 58 that would be pretty fucking ideal
0: yeah when you eventually move to a compound you that's one thing you'll be very happy about is the limb to limb is much smaller like half
1: (laughs) yeah the other thing that would be easier with a compound is um I just think it would be easier for the blade or the blade. I'm looking at fucking broadheads while I'm talking, but uh, I think it would be easier for the arrow to stay in place where it's supposed to be.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Cause they have, you have a, um, um, like some, some people use a whisker biscuit and that like holds the arrow. It doesn't allow it to be there. You know what I mean? Uh, I use a drop away rest, which also holds the arrow. Um, it's much easier.
1: Yeah, that would definitely be uh, something I'd be...
0: Like, with a compound, you can shoot, like, just vertically, like, straight 90 degrees down.
1: That's fucking sweet.
0: Yeah. That would be... Like, the arrow won't fall. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you could do that, I guess, if you looped your finger, but, like, that might suck when the flight's hit you. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: You definitely the flights kind of hit you no matter what. It's a it's kind of weird. Yeah, they find a way to always hit you. But the string slap, I've I tune that out just by changing the brace height. I was listening to all these the wrong people that uh, the guys that make their own fucking bows always run these crazy low brace heights to get more power out of the bow because it's more time that the arrow spends connected to the string, but on a modern bow, you just don't have, you don't need that. The limbs, the limbs are built to deliver that power. Even if you have, you know, even if you don't have that extra inch of brace height. So now it doesn't, and now I don't have to shoot with a fucking guard on like a nerd. But the point being, we're going to be deep into the hunting season as we go along here probably another new york trip at some point um and a lot more hunting stories so if you guys are i mean hopefully you're going to be along for the ride for at least a little bit because there's no way we're not going to talk about it at all but hopefully you guys dig this stuff maybe we'll even get some of you guys to give it a shot um yeah so expect more to come on all that good stuff because right now it's a fucking massive grind to try to make it happen Or it is for me right now, because I'm like, I got to fucking get a jump start on this. So it doesn't end up like it did last year.
0: Yeah. You're doing great though. You were doing very well for being somebody that's like technically your first year. You know what I mean? Last year was like, everything like you said was rushed and like you're technically, this is like your first like fully invested year.
1: Yes. I think that's a good way to put it first fully. Like I prepared for it. I got, I had all my stuff and I felt like on day one, I could have fucking shot a deer on day one. That's how prepared I was. And I, sh- I didn't fucking, Oh, that still kills me, but we will get there. I appreciate the the advice you've been giving me. Like I said, Evo Jesus has been helping too. Rhino just got into it. He had his first sit of the season um, out on his back. 40 Feeney films. He's out there getting it he sent me a video earlier this week of uh, a doe that was circling his uh he's a saddle saddle hunter um and he cool. was there yeah i you know i tried it at his house and i don't know if it's just because of the the length of my bow i, I don't know i don't I can't make it work it's like it just feels like it's always in my way yeah but some people some people are like this is the best it's so easy you could shoot 360 degrees i don't
0: i don't know how they're doing it but Either way. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of it.
1: Yeah. It's just. I I mean, like
0: the thing about tree stands is like you're hanging with the tree behind you. You know what I mean? Like it it blocks you out. You know what I mean? But with that style, it would be like the same thing if you were out West and just like walk the skylines of the mountains while you were hunting for fucking elk. It would make no sense.
1: Yeah. I, and, and just the, the way it's, it's rigged up, like I said, you got the, you're kind of like rotating over it to, to get your arms in position to take the shot. And like the, the whole time I was doing it, I'm like, maybe this is just like for compound guys and I just can't do it because my bow's really long, but even with a compound, I don't know. I guess it works for some people, but he's on the deal. Yeah,
0: I've seen a lot of people do. Yeah.
1: If you're going to do the hanging hunt, that's a fucking great thing, though, because like of how light that thing is, and you're wearing it in, and you throw your sticks up, and you get to the top, and you're just done. I wish I liked it, because it's such a great way to go in there and get up in a tree. I just can't figure
0: out... Even just like the thought of that, like people do that, just like it kills me. What hanging hunt in general, or like the use of <laughs> yeah, a- like hanging hunt in general. <laughs> it just like goes against everything that I've ever learned.
1: Yeah, I think it, it maybe
0: it's maybe it's area dependent, but I see that because uh- like because so here's the thing: is like my whole life hunting, I've done hanging hunts, but not like walk into the woods and, like, I'm just going to hang this up every time I go hunting. It's, like, when I'm on the road... Because I've been hunting upstate New York for at least 12 years now. Um, And, like, that's always the case. Like, I'll bring a tree stand up. I get up there on day one. um, I'll have my spot. I'll set my tree stand up, and that's where it stays for the next seven days that I'm up there. You know what I mean? Um, But the thing is that I've just seen it too many times where... I've been walking to my stand that's been there for 12 years and just by walking, I've pushed deer out of the area. You know what I mean? That's like without setting up sticks and then hanging a stand and fucking moving around all at the top of a tree while you're trying to get situated without, with all that dismissed, just walking to my tree stand, I've bumped deer out of the area. You know what I mean? It's just, I get it when it's like a necessary thing, but like, for that to be the main practice is like one of the worst practices.
1: I think it, I think it depends on where they're doing it. Like if you watch any of the hunting public or like I said, that traditional bow hunting and wilderness guy, um, they just do it and kill deer all the fucking time out of these things. And they're going in early, sometimes by headlamp. They're setting these fucking stands up in the right spot. And then light comes they're in the right spot and they like consistently are putting out videos of them killing deer out of these hanging hot stands. And I think it's, I think it's a highly specialized thing that like, you really got to have your shit together, know what you're doing. And it, otherwise you are going to do what
0: you're talking about. Where like, yeah. Cause like I even talked to Rob about this last year when we were out there and he was like, never in a million years would I do that. You know what I mean? And it, maybe just because, like, me and him grew up hunting, like, the same kind of way. I don't know. Like, feel free to write in if, like, you're one of these guys and, like, explain it to me. But, like, ev- everything I've ever learned about hunting, this, like, goes completely against it. Because, like, you want to, like, slip into where you're hunting with the least disturbance and with leaving the least amount of footprint behind. And not just, like, I don't mean, like, footprint in the fucking ground. I mean, like, your smell... Anything.
1: Yeah. I think it. if you haven't watched somebody put one
0: up, though, I do think you should watch a video of somebody doing it. But a- I can, like, well, let me just, like, use this for an example. So, like, when I, I used to be a big camera guy, I would have set out cameras, scouted, and that's, like, how I do a lot of my scouting. Yeah. So I've set out cameras, found, like, where I need to be, and then I'll bring my stand out set my stand up, leave, and the deer will not come back to that spot for two to three days. I will not have one deer on my camera. Two to three days later, all the deer are back.
1: So this is this is something that they talk about, that guy who, um, traditional bowhunting wilderness podcast, such a long name. I wish he had a different name for the show. But um that's one thing that he talks about is like, if you're going to hang and hunt, you better hang and hunt. And then once you go there, he's like, I don't go back to that spot for two weeks. So that's, like, part of these guys' game is, like, you're going to hunt it that day because you're absolutely right. You're going to stink that thing up, and if you're not sitting in it and taking it with you,
0: you're wasting your time because you can't Well, that's what I'm saying, though, is, like, even when I just set the stand up, even if I just set the stand up and leave, there's no deer that walk by that stand for at least two days. So, like, even if I would have set that stand up and climbed there and sat there, I would have seen zero deer. Yeah,
1: it's hard to say, because like I said, hunting public on YouTube, if you watch these videos, these guys are traveling to different states, places they've never been, hanging, hunting, and killing deer out of them. So it's like, there definitely are those guys that are making it work. I don't know what the the difference is and how they're doing it or how they're sneaking in there, but it's like, that's the reason these things are selling out like crazy, because people watching these YouTube videos, and they're like, these guys are fucking making shit happen. But yeah. I'm I'm with you right now. I'm seeing more deer without using it. Um, but that could also be because I didn't have my shit together last year and wasn't really knowing where to sit in the first place. So time will tell. I might still bring that stand out. You know, if there's a spot I go to and I'm like, Oh, it'd be awesome next time I'm here if I could get elevated. So hopefully we'll make it happen and find out uh, that it is workable from that thing too. Cause it's a tricky thing. It's like, if you don't have a back 40, what else are you going to do? That was like my situation last year of like, I could be like, I found in Bear Brook, I found two ladder stands that are brand new. You could tell they're like fresh out of the box. Yeah. And I'm like, I walked past that stand, you know? So like if that guy comes back the next day, like that shit's ruined. Just because somebody else happened to be around in
0: that same area well, not necessarily though, you know because I mean? like I, I've gone like my stands and hunted them fucking three days in a row. You know what I mean? It's like my thing with what I'm saying is like the amount of movement that you're making while not watching your surrounding area is dangerous. I'm not saying it's impossible it's it's very fucking possible. Obviously, there's YouTube channels on it, like you said. But 100%, I don't care what that fucking traditional fucking long-name archery guy says, yeah. it definitely does not put the odds in your favor.
1: Yeah, it's – so would you just – if you were going somewhere you would never been, you would just
0: do from the ground instead, you're saying? Always. So, well, here's the thing is I hunt much differently than what you're doing. I do all of my shit starting in February. Once the season's over, I'm out hitting all these spots, finding the fucking um, pinch points and finding the fucking oak flats and doing this and doing that. So then by July, I know where I'm hunting. I hang my stands and then I leave them alone until September. Gotcha. So I hunt a much different way. I mean, there, there are other times where I'm just like, I need to see this spot. And I will go in there with just my bow and do exactly what I told you to do. Walk very slow. Take my time. Look around. And that's it. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I can't argue
1: with that because it's been...
0: I've seen a deer every time I've been out mm-hmm. from the ground. So, still hunt is a very productive way to hunt, but it's it, takes, a more exciting way to hunt. it takes it takes a lot of discipline. It's, it, it's let's put it this way: you either do it right or you see zero deer. It's as simple as that. If you're just like walking through the woods, like how you walk down the sidewalk, you're not going to see one fucking deer. Hundred yeah. percent, you will not see any deer. If you can't be disciplined enough to take the slowest steps you've ever taken in your fucking life and have it take you triple the amount of time that it would take if you were just hiking through the woods, you're not going to kill a deer. You know what I mean? Because as soon as they know you're there, deer are like the most sketched out fucking animals in the world. They're like absolutely they're like borderline fucking retarded. Dude. <laughs> they're afraid of everything. <laughs> um, and once they start hearing noises and all this, immediately they're on alert. So as soon as they're on alert, they're looking at everything. And the slightest bit of movement after they've already heard you, Forget about it. They're gone.
1: Yeah. No, it definitely does feel that way. Like I yeah. said, I, they were coming around. I don't know if I mentioned it before, but they were like, I ran up on, or they ran up on me both times that I ran into them. They, I was like moving as slow as could fucking be. And like you said, you know, I'll take five steps and then I'll just kind of like sit and listen for a second, see if I hear uh-huh. anything wrong And then you take another five steps. And in those times where I'm sitting, you just hear like junk, 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 And they're just coming from wherever the fuck they're coming from. And I happen to be right there. And they were like, probably, like I said, 40 yards out. And then they were just kind of walking around noming on shit. And then they circled. And this is another thing too, that we didn't even mention, but the wind is a, a big deal when you're doing all this stuff. I what I really need to get, Is one of those little bottles where you could like squeeze it and watch the direction that the whatever that fucking whatever magic dust they put in those things. Um, Because you can really use
0: anything. I I have one. I just put chalk dust in it. They get like Home Depot. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, because that would be huge. Because I've been looking up. Like I got a compass out while I'm walking because I'm trying to get to like a particular spot on the map. And I'm just like I I look it up before I leave there. Like where? Which? What's the prevailing wind today? And I try to play according to that. And sure enough, they circle around. They get on the downwind side of me. Two seconds later, he's like a bull. He's like, And then they all just fucking bust out of there. And that was the end. Um, Numbers game, though. I feel like at a certain point, it's like you can't. There's not much you can do about that. Short of like.
0: No, and that's the biggest part about still hunting is. Nine times out of ten, unless you see them. Before they see you, it's gonna be like a thing where you have to stop them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like when they're running, you would give out like that notorious hunting fucking, let me try to make a deer noise. And you're like, man. And the fucking yeah. deer would stop. What the fuck was that? And that's when he fucking shoot him.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true.
0: Do you make that noise every time before you shoot? Only if they're moving. Okay. If they're like walking and like just doing their thing, I draw my bow back once their head's behind like a tree or a bush, wait for them to get clear. And then once my pin's on them and like I'm at full draw, I'm just giving them that fucking ramp. And as soon as they stop, boom, I pull the trigger. Gotcha. And just fucking let the broadhead eat.
1: Let it eat.
0: <laughs> let it eat. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But yeah, man, still hunting is an art form in itself. It is not easy, and but once you figure it out, it's a very good way to kill a lot of deer. Um, you know what you're not going to look at, What? Especially out there in the big woods, the
1: big open woods. Got to have those motherfucking knocks, bud.
0: No, I still don't use them. I grew up in the big woods, dude. My mother lives on the Vermont border.
1: I use them constantly because I'm trying to see. I
0: never if, use them.
1: Is this, is this a
0: deer sitting behind this or that? You just I never them. use them. The only thing I ever use is my rangefinder. Like that's good enough for me. If they're that far away, I can't shoot them anyway, So that's I don't true. care to you see them. The other
1: stuff. It's like, are there acorns over there? Is that a rub or is that just like a tree? Yeah.
0: Kind of like whatever. Yeah, I just don't use them. I'm more of like, I like the less is more thing when I'm hunting. I just, I bring like the essential shit and that's it. Like, I don't know. I've just never had a use for them. Like Rob, he said the same thing. He loves them. He needs them, blah, blah, blah. I just, I just have never been like, man, if I only had a set of fucking knocks right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's never once. Like I've never said that in my head.
1: I went out the other day, I forgot the knocks, and I got out there and I was like, man if I had a set of fucking knocks right now
0: Yeah, it's never happened to me and it's just like, and I did a lot of still hunting when I was younger, when I was like big into like the shotgun hunting, dude, I still hunted every single day before school, after school and I had a lot of I've killed a bunch of fucking deer still hunting and it's just all about like knowing where you should be walking at that time of day and knowing how to walk Like, when I killed that deer at Rob's last year, like, I showed you how far it was. It was literally, like, maybe 60 yards, 70 yards. Yep. And, dude, it took me fucking 40 minutes to get over there. You know what I mean? So that's, like, like you got to fucking be slow. You got to be quiet. Like, there was points where I was fucking army crawling. It's just, like, that's what it fucking takes. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, that's and I mean, fun. again, that's a little bit different because I was like spot and stalking a deer. Like I knew where he was. So it was a little bit different. Yeah. Um, But it's pretty much the same way. Like with like what you were saying is like you got to walk like five to ten steps and then you got to sit for fucking two to three minutes and just look. Because if you don't do that and you walk 25, 30 steps, you could fucking bump right into them and just see you later. They're gone but you walk five to 10 steps and look around for one to two minutes and just make sure, see what your next fucking 10 steps are. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you
1: really got to be looking for where to place those feet and like have some boots that right. are not like, if you're going out there with the muck boots, I think it's going to be tough. At least where I've
0: been. Okay. Walking. I only wear muck boots in the woods.
1: I don't know how Cause do you,
0: think about, it, like, do know you it. think about it. Like you think about it, you're protected up to your fucking knee.
1: Well, it's not, not, not a connection. I'm just talking about like, it's such a big boot. I don't know how you're like stepping in between. There's a lot of times when I, I'm stepping in something and there's like sticks everywhere and I'm just trying to get my toes yeah. down there.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I I think that probably has more to do with that. I've been in the woods since I was seven years old or eight years old or whatever the fuck it was. You know what I mean? It's so, like, I've learned, I, like, I don't even have to look at the ground. Like, I'm just like, I know what sticks I'm looking in front of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, th- I think it's just like... I've just been doing it for so fucking long that it doesn't matter, I guess, but... I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still times where I'll fucking trip over a whole goddamn branch in the middle of the fucking woods and crash down like a goddamn moose that just got shot by a fucking cannon. But,
1: <laughs> all the deer are like, I'm gonna just take a walk.
0: Yeah, like, damn, was that a squirrel? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. Muck boots is like my fucking go-to, man. They keep your feet warm as fuck in the winter, and especially when you're still hunting it's nice to have that waterproof area all the way up to your kneecaps. like you can walk through swamps creeks shallow rivers fucking mud whatever you want and your feet aren't going to get wet
1: yeah i mean that's huge i definitely like the uh the idea of not like getting my feet wet and actually speaking of this i have a story to tell an unfortunate story that i that i'd Couple a couple months ago, I wouldn't have wanted to have to tell. I've been a Thoroughgood guy for a long time. Mm. I had those pull-ons. I got real lazy with those like pull-on ones that were just like the fucking greatest boots. I still have them, but I fucking stepped my way through the the heel cup of it, um, pulling them on so damn much. So I got a pair of new Thoroughgoods, and I was like, "This is going to be great. These would be my new hunting boots." Just just a regular, like, plain toe, eight-inch, lace-up style you see on every fucking iron worker, right? When I was on my way back from Deadbeat, I wore them all through Deadbeat. On my way back, I got fucking drenched. The kind of drenched where you hit your brakes and you feel the water, like, come up to your toes and then slough back to your heels. Yeah. Not a great situation for any boot, admittedly. Um, So they got soaked. And then I let them dry out didn't wear them for like a day and a half because it took that long to fucking dry these things out and come to find out the fucking insole. So there's like a, before anybody thinks I'm just a retard here, I know like when you think of an insole, there's like an insole that comes in and out like a Dr. Scholl's thing. Right. Yeah. And then under that, there's the actual insole of the boot itself, which like is not yeah. come out fucking came out on one of them like the glue that was holding it down just came detached because it got so soaked that it fucking lost its adhesion. I guess these, these were like, wow. me, like I only had it for like a month. So they're, they have a one year warranty. I appreciate. And here's the kicker too. And I bought them on Amazon. So you're thinking immediately, like there's no way that I'm going to be able to get the warranty. Cause I didn't buy it direct from Thorogood, whatever. Turns out, their customer service is fucking excellent. Uh, even though I bought them on Amazon, they refunded the purchase price completely, which is pretty wild because I fucking thrashed them. So like they just lost a pair of boots, but they did the right thing because the boots also fell apart. Where it leaves us now is I certainly wasn't going to get another pair because even though that didn't happen to the pull-ons, I can't trust like maybe they're fucking going downhill or something in the the quality. Went with the fucking... Old, tried and true. Well, they used to be called Irish Setters, but now that's a fucking knockoff version of their brand. Went with the motherfucking Engineers Red Wings over here. They're just like standard mock toe one, leather insole, none of that fucking foam garbage that makes it fall out when you get them wet one time. And I'm in the break-in period. I've been doing all this still hunting in these fucking Red Wings, and they are super fucking flexible, easy to do that like heel-toe walk. There's no shank in them, so it feels kind of like a almost like a moccasin type deal, but with like so, a deeper sole.
0: So, why do you not want to get hunting boots?
1: I just don't really. I don't know. I did. I did my whole last season in the bean boots, which are great because they're super waterproof. Um, I just don't really know what you get unless I was getting like a pair of waders. I don't know what you're what you're getting from like. Having a hunting boot versus just like a regular
0: boot. So like, all right, so let me break it down. So like the rubber boots, like what I wear.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So one, they're super fucking insulated, so very very warm. And like once you get into like hunting season, where it's snowing, let me tell you about that. It fucking sucks, dude. So super super warm. Uh, rubber boots also carry zero scent. So no matter where you've put your fucking feet in your house with your dogs or in your truck where you have grease or whatever, there's no smell. Yeah. Like it's simple. It just doesn't carry any kind of smell because it's not porous. You know what I mean? Right. And then the biggest part is just the water protection. You know I'm mean? like? And I get it. a lot of people and it took me a while, man. I used to be like the short fucking hunting boots style. They're still waterproof. Um, but they weren't rubber boots, but they were hunting boots. They are good for like hiking and all that bullshit. Um, It took me a while to get into the higher, like, calf boots. But, dude, it's a fucking game changer. Like, the warmth, the waterproof, and then, like, the little bit of extra, like, there's no smell being contracted onto these boots. Three pretty good fucking reasons. And they last for, literally, for fucking ever. They last forever. They don't fall apart. They don't do any of that shit. The only thing that sucks, like, when I used to, like, be real big into um, upland hunting, like hunting quail and shit and, like, all that. Yep. Um, sometimes you would rip them, like, going through that brushy shit. Um, but, like, deer hunting, dude, I've, like, I've had the set of muck boots I've had right now, I've had for five years.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, so Feeney has those. Feeney has the muck boots. And maybe he's just got, like, fucking size 13 feet or something. But they're just, like, huge. Like, I just, like I well, said. The
0: thing is, is, like, they're rubber, so they, they're very flexible. You know what I mean? And there's, like, no pressure. I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. On. I'll have to just try them on because I think. Yeah, they're so comfortable. And like, and like, there's different. so many different styles. Like, mine are all rubber on the bottom, and then it goes into, like, a neoprene up top, um, which is fucking great. I absolutely love them. But then you have ones like lacrosse um that are just full rubber all the way up they have like the adjustable thing up top mine are like elastic up top so it like sucks in yeah um which is fucking great i love that feature because if it's snowing or raining no rain gets inside um the lacrosse ones have like straps on the back so you can pull them tight um they have the other ones like irish setter is like an actual hunting boot um that's a like calf high fucking waterproof rubber boot those are great um they have like the thing so like it's easy for like your heel it has like an indentation for your heel for when you're pulling it on so they're not a pain in the dick to put on and take off yep there's a lot of really good ones i think you i think once a, we get into like the colder months you'll definitely my dad used to be just like that always He's like i just wear these fucking really nice work boots and then yeah, when I it got really time good. to like stop walking around in the snow and fucking sit in a tree stand for because once you get in the rut dude like you get in the sand at 6 a.m and you stay there until it gets dark Right. You know and I mean, gotta
1: remember too. I did. I did last season in the snow with the bean boots because the bean boots are insulated and
0: Gore-Tex lined. Yeah, well, that's what I'm. Those are the bean boots. So I'm saying that, like, you just this year you're just wearing regular boots, right?
1: Uh, for right now, if if it gets like super rainy or if it
0: if I was doing like I mean, even the bean boots are t- they're not high though. It's still like a low cut boot. Yeah, they're like a they're an eight inch, so the same as these yeah. Ones here. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah there's and they definitely i mean they're super warm they're super flexible that's the reason i like the bean boots so much too is because it just they're they're like a fucking moccasin like you yeah. feel a stick under your foot before you put all your weight on it because it's like it's just a
0: flexible rubber bottom like yeah, you're talking about- i really think if you try it on muck boots I've, I've i can almost guarantee you'd be a fan yeah they're I'm fucking about,
1: what is it like fucking you try those on at like cabela's or some shit
0: Pretty much everywhere has them. So I don't buy into the stupid-ass fucking gimmick of the camouflage fucking uh, muck boots because they're like an extra $90. Yeah, that's insanity. I I, don't I just buy the regular woodland fucking camo. No, I'm not woodland. Um, what the hell is the name of the one I have? Mossy Oak, probably. No, it's not a camo one. It's just brown. Oh, okay. It's like a brown all the way up to the fucking very top. And they're like half the fucking price, <laughs> but it's the same fucking insulin. It's the same, everything that it's not fucking camouflage.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what I need is just like your, your basic fucking regular boot. I don't care about, I don't care about camo anything at this point. Um, yeah. Cause when I, both times I saw those deer, I was just wearing solid colored pants with yep. a fucking, um, Just like a wool, like a I get. Remember, I said kept telling, singing the praises of those Pendleton shirts you can get on eBay that are hundred percent wool made in the USA for like twenty bucks. Both times I was out there, I was just wearing that, like any kind of whatever pattern you like. Uh, One of them was fuck. The second time when I saw those three deer, I was wearing a fucking red plaid. No problem. They walked right past me. Didn't fucking didn't bat an eye. I do, I, I'm very particular about wearing wool though, because I really do feel like it, it doesn't stink the way that a lot of my synthetic stuff used to. Yeah. So aside from that though, yeah, not really, don't really care about the camo side of things. I get wool when I can get it and it's been working decently. Just being fucking quieter. And I think I need to get out there and a half hour earlier than I have been. Uh, sunrise was like 6 30 and I would start walking out at like maybe 6 15 when it was like a little bit like I could have gone out 15 minutes earlier and I would have been fine to still walk through there and if I was if I had left 10 minutes earlier the second day I would have been right in front of those deer when they ran by I would have been like just, just that much closer not that I knew where they were going to be there but it would have fucking worked out Right. It's a lot of shit to learn, man, but hopefully we we can help some make it easier for some people. Like I said, if Terry gets into it or if Rhino's listening to this right now, don't mean to put these people on blast. I'm sure you can also figure this out on your own without our help. I'm not saying we're like paving the way here, um, but I hope it's helpful because my first season was a fucking struggle because I didn't know any of this shit. And I want to make it easier for whoever's listening now. Good deal. All right. Well, hey, before we get too much further along here, too, let me make sure we thank some of the people who make this show possible. First up, we got Hypnic Jerk Customs out of Sydney, Australia, doing some handcrafted stainless steel taillights, headlights, indicator lights, jockey shifters, and points covers and more. Also taking custom orders. If you've got something that you want him to cook up, hit him up at Hypnic Jerk Customs on Instagram or HypnicJerkCustoms.com. Next up, we got Stay Strong Co. The homie, John, was on the show a couple months back. Great dude, making all sorts of different things. Check out his website, StayStrongCo.com, and follow him on Instagram at StayStrongCo, LLC. Next up, we got Steel City Blacksmithing, the homie out of PA doing all the dopest blacksmithing work, twisted, uh, well, actually, twisted sissy bars, twisted swing arm inserts. I always forget the name of the hammer, the cop stopper, (laughs) hammers, (laughs) and a whole lot more. I'm telling you, if you haven't gone to Steel City Blacksmithing's instagram page just check it out take a scroll through there and you're going to be like holy shit that is a lot of cool stuff he's making so give him a follow and shoot him a message and say hey i heard about you on the low life motherfucking chopper podcast next up we got no luck paintworks the homie dan bliss out there in manchester killing it in the booth great dude doing some fantastic work make sure you check out his gypsy witch Sporty that he just finished up with a killer purple and black paint job and plenty of pictures of stuff he's worked on on his Instagram too. So make sure you're following no luck paint works. And last but not least, we've
0: got the homie Steve at deadbeat customs, the creator of the motherfucking deadbeat retreat. Goddamn, damn. I fucking <laughs> forgot. <laughs> it
1: got a little squirrely.
0: <laughs> um, get over to DeadbeatCustoms dot com. Check out all the shit he's got. He's got shit for chopper dudes, Dino Bros. He's got riding gear, helmets, pretty much everything you fucking need, you can get it at Deadbeat Customs. Check out their YouTube channel and give him a follow on Instagram. And make sure at checkout you use promo code Lowlife. Perfect.
1: Next up, we got yours truly, Farrow Fabrication, right here in Londonderry, New Hampshire. Some more framework is on its way. Like I mentioned, we got the stainless steel handlebars for my neighbor across the street, a sight gauge for fish tank whiskey, and some more bar work, some uh, bar tweaks. I've noticed that people, I don't know how it happens, but it seems like when you have riserless bars or like integrated riser bars, whatever you call them, Um they're always crooked. Have you noticed this? There's like, they're never in line. And like the, it's like the person's like, I can't bolt them up. They're like out of whack. Um, it seems to be something I see a ton of. So we got to correct some wonkiness. One of them was actually hit so that that one I can understand the other one. I don't know. I just swear they'd like bend over time or some shit, but Got a little bit of everything coming in, but there is room for more. So if you need to get a hold of me, Ferro Fabrication. It's F E R R O Fabrication, all one word, on Instagram. And once you're on the page, click the link in my bio to check out the website. Which, by the way, I've had a couple of people asking me about. Uh, I, I think it's seasonal. Like there is a season when everybody asks, and then nobody asks for a long time, and then everybody asks in, in groups again. I don't know what it is, but uh, people, the questions are coming in about buying your first TIG welder and other stuff that you need. Remember, I got blog posts on all the TIG settings, what they do, understanding what, whether you need them or not, and a whole write-up on buying your first TIG welder. So click the link in my Instagram bio, read the blog posts if you're on the fence trying to decide, and if you still have questions after that, feel free to hit me up and I'll answer
0: those ones directly.
1: Last but not least, we got
0: Loctite's motherfucking shop shop. Convenient located at the motherfucking unicorn ranch where we do all things vinyl. Um, From hats, shirts, koozies, show banners. If vinyl can stick to it, we can make it happen. Uh, As usual, offering all of the pinstriping goods um, from motorcycles to fucking clocks, coffee cups, whatever the fuck you want, I'll paint on that bitch. Um, Make sure you hit me up and set up a time. I'm only doing so many pinstriping things this weekend at Cheap Throws. Um, I will have some shit that I've pinstriped prior to the event that you could buy. Um and that's it, man. Follow me at Locktite's Chop Shop for more cool shit. And if you haven't already, go buy a motherfucking raffle ticket so I can start talking about uh, towing on this podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. We'll have to get somebody on that can uh, really... Banter back and forth with you about towing because I feel like I just wouldn't know enough about that (laughs) that whole industry. We'll find another tow guy that you can riff with. Yes. All right. You got anything else? Are we ready to close this one down? Yeah, I think we can close it down. All right. So to close this one out, I will say: whether you're trucking in muck boots or stepping in those red wings, stay quiet till you let go of the bowstring. (laughs) Yes
0: that's a good one
1: yeah man i might have to make a shirt out of that and wear it under the winter clothes that was a good one all right man what do you got for these people take them into their motherfucking friday
0: it's friday motherfuckers build choppers kill deer and get your ass to cheap thrills to drink some motherfucking beer